Hey everyone, welcome to Rewind the Love, a podcast about the best era in reality television. Recapping shows like Charm School, Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, and all the great celebrity reality shows that you love. I am Mike. And I'm Sonia. And we're on to a new show now. Yes. Yay. Time for a change. It's like the old Owen Hart. Enough is enough and it's time for a change. Wow. And he'd also yell, I am not a nugget. We didn't make it even through the intro before you got a wrestling reference in. So I think this is a new record. Might be. At least for wrestling, because I may have had office ones that started that quick. Probably. Um, yeah, so for those who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Yes. Welcome, happy freshman. To ha- happy to have you here. Oh, God. We're really going to go with that? Yeah, I like it. No hazing, though. We're not those kind of people. Okay. Uh, yeah, welcome to our show. We mm-hmm. recap all of these shows and we're excited to have you here uh i guess this is where we go through our normal intro this is normally on you yeah this is normally on me again welcome to the show i never know how to do this introduction so uh you can (laughs) rate review subscribe tell friends who don't suck five stars please five stars please uh also we have a little adjustment to this part of the intro oh okay this is what you're getting to. i was this gonna is... be like tell me you forgot no 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 because i have like a whole thing so uh friend of the show bosh tweeted at us and was like hey turns out charm school is not on tubi anymore and i was like excuse me and it used to be like the number one thing recommended. it was like i know when was, we were doing i love new york it was mm-hmm. always like the first thing to come up yep that and like real chance at love were one yeah. or two Pretty annoying, actually. For some reason, mm-hmm. they took it away. They left everything else. No, I thought they got rid of a ton of stuff. I didn't see. They kept all, they kept Real Chance. Like, oh, they I still have go Flavor of Love. Again. They still have I Love New York. Most of that stuff is still there. Strange Love's still there. They knew sadly. it was the next thing we were doing. I I swear to God, I think they're mad at us for making fun of uh, Robin Thicke. I think this is Robin Thicke's doing. Anyway, oh, so right. I was like freaking out because we canceled our Hulu subscription. So I was like... And I'm not watching that shit on YouTube. I'm sorry. It's actually I feel like the Charm School ended up pretty decent quality, but in general, it was their versions of the show have been pretty janky. So I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" And then I think it was Bosch who suggested. Did we suggest it or did he? Either way, we found it on Amazon Prime. Yes, unedited and with captions. And the bonus scene. like Clear I, captions. Clear, good captions. I mean, granted, yes. when you're not trying to figure out what the fuck Chance is saying, it, it goes a lot better. <laughs> yes. But I was like, where has this been this whole time? I am so stupid for not going this route from the beginning. Um, Jeff Bezos is Satan, but you know what? I appreciate this gesture for the sake of our show. Yeah. Thanks for that contribution. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so as I mentioned, we are on to Charm School. And for those who haven't been listening up until this point, uh, we've now covered two seasons of Flavor of Love and I Love New York. And the next show, I think it premiered the same night as the I Love New York finale, was Flavor was F- Flavor of Love Girls Charm School. And this was the first one that Mike had not seen. So, Mike. Tell us how you felt about it. It's not as I don't know. I'm thinking about how to. Say you had a lot before. of time to prepare, so I know, but I don't. <laughs> I try to do this more like in the moment, though. Like obviously, I have notes and stuff, which actually I think I, I've like 
seven pages of notes. Which wow. Might give me yeah, I was going to respond to the tweet you put out, and then I was like, no, I'll just wait. Yeah, I have a 15 and a half, so it's about, it's almost the same. It's almost double. You That's du- what I yeah, meant. It's I'll almost double. Almost I don't well, know how based numbers on how work. we normally take notes, yes. Right. So how do you feel about it, basically? It's not as question. like... Well, there's still problematic things. Obviously. Oh, certainly. Oh, yeah. But I don't. I don't know what word to use. It's not. I don't. Maybe not as trashy. Does that kind of work? I mean, it's. It certainly is. Well, I guess the point of it is to be to get rid of the trash. Well, I think or that's trashy, a little strong. That sounds terrible. That's a little strong. But like the it's, trashy aspects. Yeah, like I mean, I think it's certainly um, a little bit more refined in its own way. But I guess that's kind of the purpose of the show. I don't know. So, but overall, you liked it. You did text me a couple times and say it's funny. It's not. I mean, it changes the whole game when there's a host now. A, a host that's actually a comedian. Exactly. Like she, she is incredible so far. Oh my god, Monique! This was Monique in her prime. Like, I forgot that she went through like sort of like what Steve Harvey is doing now, which is like giving unsolicited advice to people. <laughs> but like she was on from show, her, but the she? thing is, from her, it like makes more sense. No, she wasn't on that. Sh- she wasn't on the Steve Harvey show. What show was she on? Her own show. The, well, no, the but Parkers. she was on a couple. The Parkers. It was like her show. I could have. Maybe she was. Maybe I don't know. Was. Either way, she did a lot of stuff. I did love the movie Fat Girls when it came out. I don't think I know what that is. I'm surprised you haven't seen it because you watch a lot of really random movies. That is very true. And yeah, no, I I think that this was definitely everything we were looking forward to and more. There is a, a line coming up that I had completely forgotten and had mm-hmm. given Mike a heads up about and he has not been able to stop laughing about it since he watched the episode. It was awesome. It was so good. Um yeah, so are you ready? Are you still looking up what Monique's doing? Yes, or? I'm oh trying to figure out what it was. She was on Moesha. She was in one episode of the Hughleys. Hughleys? Hughleys. One episode of the Bernie Mac show. What is this? Go away ad. Okay, the important thing is she wasn't on the Steve Harvey show. That's it. So That's all they show. Like, it's those things, and then it gets into, like, all the movies. Now what? I told you, let's start the show. Oh, so we're doing... All right, so we're on... I didn't see a title, but... uh, It's No Mo Nicknames. No Mo Nicknames. Yeah. All right, so it's Charm, Charm School Season 1, Episode 1, No Mo Nicknames. And we figure out that it's... 13 girls from Flavor of Love, which they show some highlights and everything. And yeah. Then just, I'm assuming you're going to... Do you want me to go through the names? I have all of them. I have all nicknames. of it down. So the thing is, we get a voiceover from Monique. All the ladies are sitting... The 13 ladies are all sitting on a party bus that they have painted to look like a school bus. And she does this voiceover. It's like they recorded the way, the number of times she says, and this is charm school. Like you could tell they recorded like three different intros, but decided to keep all of them. (laughs) So the first one, and I guess the actual intro is once upon a time, there were three, the three, 13 girls who needed a little help. You see all these ladies made the very same, very big mistake. And my brain, both times I watched it went, Trying to date Flavor Flav, and that's not what she says. (laughs) Uh, Tried to show their unruly behavior to the entire world on a little show called Flavor of Love. 
So we get some Flavor of Love clips. Um, a great thing about this show is how quick they are to be like, or at least like the show itself. The ladies don't really do this so far, but the show itself is very like framed around like Flav being terrible. Like mm-hmm. Flav is the enemy. He made them do all of this, which is not really true. But like, I'm just excited for any opportunity to blame him for what happened. Uh, you know, so we get these intros and they all have we we see them in their full nickname glory so the first one and probably arguably the one who needs charm school the least but you know they just brought her back because she's fucking comic gold is goldie the puker i guess that has to be her nickname because it's the only it was the only bad thing she did and, and it what? was like night one. In oh my def- god, it smells like chicken. In her defense, so for those who don't remember, she got this nickname because her very first night in the house, she got so drunk that she threw up into a garbage can. Yes. But like, if you're 23, 22, 24, you know, like you're in your early 20s, you are invited to some big mansion and you're on TV and you're partying with a bunch of ladies and you're nervous and all that stuff's going on. It's not out of the realm of possibility that you would get really drunk. Yes. And in terms of embarrassing things you could do when you get really drunk, this is pretty tame. And she was like a puke and rally girl, too. So, you know, props to her for that. Up next, we get Sirius, a.k.a. the egomaniac. Uh, She was kicked off because she kept bringing her magazines, like showing everybody pictures of her in magazines and stuff when she was on the show. And this scene that we get, I would assume, is in like a bonus episode, in the bonus clips episode, where she just literally whips her boobs out and goes, if they don't look like this, then it don't matter. Now, the context of that clip, for those who are fans of the other shows, and you'll recognize the setting is the infamous Beyonce, 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 like that scene. So basically what she's doing, I can tell, is making fun of Hottie's saggy boobs. But That is my speculation of the situation. Well, I mean, they probably were talking crap about it, too. No, that's the thing. They were making fun of her. That's what I'm saying is she's making fun of her boobs for not being as nice. But she was probably talking some shit back to her and then said, like, fuck it. Oh, how do you guys really talk shit back? Well, like, how do you? We don't know. They they edit the show. No, but like, we've we I don't think Hottie's like capable. Or she could have been like, look at these boobs. She, well, she was probably like, you know, like, I'm ever you're just jealous because everybody tells me I look like Beyonce. And that was part of that could have been part of the whole thing where yeah. it's like, you're not as hot. Well, Sirius is like, oh, you're not as hot as me, whatever. Uh, speaking of hottie, she like is up here this season. I hate her hair this season. Ugh. I think she looks good. She looks, it does not look good. Um, <laughs> ha- uh, speaking of hottie up next, we get her known as the crazy girl. Uh, and we see her with her infamous uh, chicken. I don't even want to call it cooking. Like she puts the shit her, in the microwave. Yeah. So uh, followed by Rain, aka the Screamer. She was only on two episodes of Flavor of Love season one. She is noticed known in this scene for like screaming at New York in a van on the way to that gross hot tub challenge. That was crazy. But, that screaming that was she her literally her eyes go black like a shark it's terrifying but this was like one of the first scenes where people were like oh this new york girl we should pay attention to her 
followed by Smiley the Crier. She really only... Oh, actually, she did cry a couple times now that I think about it. Because I was like, she only cried once in that scene that they show. And then I was like, no, it was that time that Flav asked her, like, what were your past relationships like? And she was just saying that she got divorced. She She was saying that she had just gotten divorced. Like, how opposite, though, when it's funny when you think, like, her name is Smiley and her nickname is the Crier. Huh, that's such a good point. And I... Oh, I wrote down that I forgot why she left. Oh, I forgot the time she left. I forgot what they accused her of. Oh, why they were why she was yelling and screaming in the first place in the clip that they show of her. I think they accuse her of like jumping into this too soon after getting divorced. Followed by the one, the only pumpkin, a.k.a. the spitter. Uh, We obviously get her famous scene of her spitting at New York. I mean, if you don't know that scene what are you even doing yeah. here to be honest uh up but please next, start watching and expand yeah no absolutely watch all of the shows listen back to our episodes all that fun shit anyway uh followed by toasty aka the porn girl yep uh That's this was funny. the one who was kicked off i mean granted she did lie about it but i mean i don't I don't know. Like, it was especially as much as, like, there's a lot of work to be done around sex positivity now. Like, things were way worse in the mid-2000s. So I don't blame her for not necessarily being forthcoming about it. Flav, you know, it's that scene where he whips out her naked picture. Whatever. Uh, like porn to me, girl. Or something like that. Yeah. Followed by Like That. A.K. the slob. Uh, we get that scene of her just like eating really disgustingly, like chugging straight from a gallon of orange juice and like a two gallon, no, a gallon jug of orange juice and like burping, burping and whatever. Buck Wild is after that. The blackest white girl. They just get various scenes of her doing her really awkward black scent. Like literally she walked so bad baby could fucking run. Who? Catch me outside. Oh, How about that? The, the OG. <laughs> the original. I know. Uh, up next is Bucky and Crazy. They get a twofer with this one. The Balcony Brawlers. Uh, this was the time that Bucky nearly killed Crazy by almost pushing her off the balcony over. What was the fight even about? Who even cares? <laughs> Second to last, but certainly not least, is Boots, a.k.a. The Hater. Again, I cannot stress enough that she is like 22, <laughs> like a whole 22 years old. She's still that young in this? If this was a year later. Basically, this is just a scene of her yell, like just clips of her yelling at various people and in particular yelling about, you a cheap hoe. If I was a hoe, I'd be a top dollar hoe. And like, same. <laughs> it's a mood. As long as you're making money. Right. Exactly. We are a sex positive, sex work positive podcast. Uh, Last, but definitely not least, and I can't believe I said that twice. I'm sorry. Cancel me. Is Safari the Fighter. Uh, Basically, again, if you don't know this scene, please go back and listen. Yes. Go back and listen. Not just our show, but watch the very first episode of Flavor of Love Season 2. It very much informs a lot of how the rest of this show goes. So that in particular is worth pointing out. 
Um, Monique says that some of them won't admit it, but they need to change their ways. It's not going to be a cakewalk for these girls this season on Charm School. And I'm I like, like the way she says it. okay, Monique takes a lot of pauses in between her sentences. Like, I used a lot of ellipses, like, this time around. We then get, um, oh, no, this is when we get the opening credits for real. These This opening credit sequence reminds me so much of the Bad Girls Club theme. It's very much like that paper doll cutout style, like, of animation and, you know, like, cutting between different scenarios. It makes sense if you know Bad Girls Club, which you should watch if you like this because it's fucking bonkers. Uh the highlight of this for me is that there's like a scene where there's like Flav on a TV, like Flav doing his talking head on a TV and somebody like throws something at it. And I'm like, yes, take him down. So we cut back to real time, so to speak. And all the ladies are sitting in the van, you know, not talking to each other. We get a couple depressing more or less uh, updates on how things have been going for them rain says that her mom saw flavor of love and was like so embarrassed and disappointed in her and she's like actually crying at this point and she's like you know i hope to what i hope to accomplish in charm school is that my mom is never disappointed by my behavior again toasty says her relationship with her family suffered from flavor of love because they saw that negative image which i kind of laughed because it just seems like that's not what a negative image is like i just was thinking like a photo negative no it was in color no it was like a regular picture (laughs) it wasn't a photo negative uh we saw your vagina and she well we didn't technically it was all blurred but uh well i mean i did in another context oh yes but uh she just wants to make her family proud of her again pumpkin this piece of shit goes okay yeah that's not classy i spit on a girl but like i wouldn't take it back for anything (laughs) i loved this though she literally tried to have her fucking eleanor roosevelt type moment where she's like if you don't do something to be remembered it's like you're a nobody you know it's like whatever the whoever it's said rarely behaved these. women rarely make history, you know? Like it's it's her version of that kind of fucking oh quote. So they pull up to I forgot which guest told us this, but it is very clear now that we watch the show. It is the I Love New York house. That's okay, because I even wrote it in the notes. I said, is this the same house? Oh, it a hundred percent is the same house as the I Love New York house. So uh they obviously have decorated it a little bit differently yes. since then. It is equally as ugly, aggressively patterned as the I Love New York house, but instead of, you know, zebra and leopard print and whatever and neon colors, it's like a little bit more like jewel tones, neutral tones, and plaid. Like at one point, there is a plaid wall plaid. and a plaid carpet. They've and I. gone to plaid. What's that? Spaceballs. You oh. haven't seen it yet, though. I have not seen Spaceballs. No one judge her. I'm trying. She hasn't seen Mel Brooks. She hasn't seen a lot of stuff. I haven't seen any Mel Brooks movies, no. right? No. But also many, 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 many right. movies in general. I know. Got to get you on that roadhouse eventually, So, yeah, too. there's a, a lot of fake books, and there's a list of rules, we think, on the wall. Commandments, right? Yeah, well, thanks for spoiling it. Jeez. Oh, I thought it said that. It does, but I don't know if you can see it from that far away. 
Monique has another voiceover that says these ladies need an institution where they can learn how to become refined women. They also need a mentor to guide them on a path towards self-respect and prosperity. So we get, I guess what was New York's master suite, double doors open and, you know, there's like a desk set up and there's uh, pictures of like famous women on the wall on like the way new york had all the guys pictures read it's- your lyrics to rosa parks <laughs> if you don't know what i'm ref- if you don't know what i'm laughing about or what mike is referencing there is a great clip from eon Lo fix my life that i just watched for the first time recently and i don't know who she's talking to i'm sorry i don't watch basketball no she's on love and hip-hop i think it's a woman from Love and Hip Hop, and uh, Ayanla has a bunch of pictures on her wall of different, like, notable black women. And, you know, this woman who's on Love and Hip Hop, I think, is, like, a rapper, and Ayanla's like, you know, I like to go to these this room to, like, reflect and, like, think about the women who made it possible for me to be here doing this today, and, you know, like, how do you think they'd feel about your raps? And she's like, not very good. And she literally goes, why don't you read some of your lyrics to, oh, I forgot if it was Dorothy Dandridge at this point or Sojourner Truth. I think and it was Sojourner Truth. I, I, she, no, she because, it's, no it's Dorothy Parker. Dandridge. It's read, read the lyrics to Dorothy Dandridge because it couldn't have been Sojourner Truth because of what comes after. Uh. So she goes, read your lyrics to Dorothy Dandridge. And the lady goes, pop my butt, pop, pop my butt. <laughs> Iyanla follows it up because Iyanla has no chill for those of you not familiar with the show. She has the greatest face too while the girl's reading her lyrics. Oh, you don't even know. This is like, this is like arguably like one of the best Iyanla moments, but she has another like series of really iconic ones. Um, She fucking, so the girl's like, pop my butt, pop, pop my butt. And she goes, do you know what pop my butt meant to Harriet Tubman? A whip. (laughs) And if I'm telling you, I had to pause that clip and sob, not just like cry laughing. It was like face contorted, muscle spasm, laughing, like tears pouring down my face. So all that to say, Monique has a series of portraits of famous women, not just black ones, uh, you know, the ones I saw were Mother Teresa, Condoleezza Rice, Amelia Earhart and Hillary Clinton. Monique then turns around in her chair and breaks the fourth wall, talks directly to the camera, and she introduces herself. At this point, she is just an actress. I don't, she has not won the Oscar yet. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, she's an author and a stand up comedian, and now the host of VH1 Charm School. It's like, oh my God, we get it. <laughs> oh my God, she does it again. I forgot. Like most of America, baby. I was turned. I tuned in every week to watch Flavor of Love and realized these ladies need my help. So I came up with a plan to send the Flavor of Love girls to charm school. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you could tell that they wrote like three or four different intros and was like, these are all so good. Like, we have to keep them all. So suave. So the ladies all get out and line up in front of the bus outside of, you know, the house and. 
Monique says she's going to like they're going to be taught everything from how to make a great first impression, proper etiquette, style, and last but not least, how to have healthy relationships. Welcome to charm school. <laughs> I swear to God. So then we get a series of um, clips of like this. Vo- this is done as a voiceover over a series of clips that we assume are from the season to come. Yes. So back to the ladies in front of the bus. Safari, she's so sweet, has no idea what to expect. And she's like, do they teach you how to do stuff? Like, meat has to be situated a certain way on a plate. Which I'm like, that's such a wholesome idea of what etiquette is. Like, I like her one line The meat has too. to be. Well, I love this too, where she was like, etiquette or etiquapiscopus. And I'm like, did you just mix up etiquette and edible? Oedipus? Oedipus complex. I don't know. So then Buckwild says when she pulled up to the house, I thought we was at the Playboy Mansion, which I'm like, are you fucking dumb? Uh, I don't know what charm school is, but I'm excited and I couldn't wait to see who comes out that door. I swear to God, I'm not going to do that voice for everybody. It's just worth doing for her because it is so offensive. So Monique comes out and everybody's cheering. She loves calling everybody baby and sister and queen. And I love it. So uh, like that, obviously, as a big black woman who there was not, you know, for our Gen Z listeners, there was no Lizzo. There was no Danielle Brooks. Like we didn't have fat representation the same way. Even like when you look at models and stuff, it was never seen the same. Well, don't get me started. Ever since I saw an article, because you didn't watch America's Next Top Model, which no. was a disaster. I've only um, seen a couple clips of Tyra be Banks. Be quiet, Tiffany. Whom I love. Yeah, of course. Uh, go crazy on people. And it's well, hilarious. be quiet, Tiffany. Um, and which is the one the, where, the she, scene like, where sub- she pretends to faint? You ever see the one where she pretends to faint to see how they would react to set up? I'm pretty sure it's to set up an acting challenge. Oh, my God. Uh, She does a bunch of really terrible stuff. Doesn't she do the one, too, where like she literally leads it on that this person is going to win and then goes the complete other way? I don't remember that one. It's been so long since I've watched any of it. But, uh, you know, so all of that to say. um, Oh, so my point of that was there was a great there was an incredible plus size model named Takara Jones. I I could be making that up her last name, but her first name is Takara. And she was gorgeous, like so such a good model. And she her career never really kind of took off like she was one of the bigger names from the show, but her career never really took off like it should have. And somebody there's an article out there that says like what's what's the one's name ashley graham now ashley graham has the career that takara should have had especially given like ashley graham's like made a bunch of weird comments about having a black husband i know there's yeah there's like a lot of race stuff that came out about her right which is just like that's weird flex but okay anyway all of that to say that there was not a lot of fat black woman representation in media monique was basically it and or at least like in terms of desirability and all of that jazz so like that is obviously fangirling like crazy so she's like oh my god when i saw mo i was like i was mad excited to see her her jersey accent is a little bit different than mine so i'm gonna need to work on some of these words but uh she just is like oh i love her buck wild of course because she has to absorb every single ounce of black culture or else she turns old like mother gothel and tangled uh goes oh i'm like such a huge monique fan and uh, she going bop the skinny bitches on the head which i forgot was like her signature 
that was like her take my wife please like in her stand-up you ever seen monique stand-up no it's funny she's well you know well, you can tell that now i mean i've seen like movies and so i know she's in uh some martin lawrence movies oh what was the one the one the family reunion welcome home roscoe jenkins i love that movie it is so funny of course you do and then because his what's his name uh cedric the entertainer plays his like cool cousin that like monique like has a, a weird like cousin crush on even though they're related like, Ew. it's really yeah that's weird so she tells us when i first walked outside and they got off of the short bus which i was like yikes <laughs> they got off of the short bus Oh, it, it only gets worse from here. Uh, some of them look like hookers with their skirts up their ass. Some of their heels look like they had just come off the pole. Some of them look like they was just lost. Like, am I coming out of a mental institution? <laughs> and some of them was like, she, like, they don't know me, baby. I got this thing lit, which I'm like, Monique invented lit. You heard it here first. I actually even wrote she. she I literally nose. wrote she. <laughs> I love that. The wire. So Monique says to the ladies, uh, the reason we're all here is because we've been chosen for this unique opportunity. Uh, the world watched as y'all made y'all te- y'all's television debut on the show on a, on that show called The Flavor of Love, which I feel like is such a dismissive mom thing to do is to just be like that little show or whatever you have that little show called The Flavor of Love. It's such a parent thing to add the that's the flavor paper. of love. We actually had a trivia team named that once. We came in first place that time. I don't remember. We haven't. We've only lost like twice. Well, and we, that's not me like flexing. Weird flex, but okay. But we are um, very good at trivia, people. Yeah. So Monique tells them that uh, the world was not laughing with them. They were. The, we were all laughing at you, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> so we have decided to give you all give you beautiful women a second chance. To give you a chance to redeem yourself, to get back your integrity and your self-pride. Oh, I have a question, too. Because yeah. she, she says, got this thing lit. Around this time frame, I don't know if lit was a saying Did you yet. not hear me say Monique literally invented lit? Well, I was... I was saying that before, but you were too busy singing Flavor of Love, I think. Yes. Sorry. Well, that leads me into... I said, did white people steal it? Of course. Which I was like, which is like on South Park, where Chef explains to Mr. Garrison how black people have terms. And it's always like, we named the house the his house, and then the his is his house. And now we have to call it the flippity flop. And then Mr. Garrison immediately goes like, come on, Mr. Slave, like, let's get back to our flippity flop. And he's just like, oh, no, no, I did it. Yes, I know yeah. that scene. The question, the answer to your question is, if there's ever anything that's trendy, just assume white people didn't make it up. Yeah. Like. Th- that's Ex- it except uh what's the word guy comes up with and never been kissed rufus rufus <laughs> there you go see how that never really took off except ironically yes rufus that's... i'm gonna try now <laughs> oh my gosh so <laughs> stop trying to make rufus happen oh no that was fetch. i I was joking. I know that it's... You think that I don't know that it's fetch? Sheesh. Anyway, so Monique tells them that there will be challenges, some physical, some emotional, some mental. But if you make it to the end, you get $50,000. Not a bad prize. Not a bad prize. A lot better than flavor. 
flavor. Right. Well, first of all, a fucking melted ice cream cone would be a better prize than Flavor Flav, but $50,000 is fucking great. So Goldie, which I didn't realize she was from the sticks like that, but she goes like, I mean, shit, you could buy a whole lot of cows with $50,000. And I'm like, did they make you say that? Like, <laughs> why are you saying that? <laughs> so Monique- I did- I was going to say, I did right here, though, that I'm very happy to see Goldie again. Oh, my God. I miss her. Thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. She is actually coming to Brooklyn uh, over Martin Day, Martin Luther King Day weekend. I saw, yeah, I saw her put out a, uh, a post about it. We should it. probably do it. We should probably go see her. Uh, so, so, it's lovely in Brooklyn, though. Where are Brooklyn at? <laughs> uh and Monique says, and for the ones who say, you know, the hell with that, I ain't trying to change, you know, you'll simply be expelled and sent home. Pumpkin is already on her bullshit about doing what you have to do to win a competition, because for those who don't remember, she's been on like a thousand reality shows prior to this. So this is just her bag. So Monique also tells them before they go in the house they have one last rule, and it's a shame she even has to say this, but there are seven bathrooms in the house. Don't nobody shit on my floor. <laughs> Fair. The one who shit on the floor was not here. So. And she would have actually. Bullshit, honestly, though, anyway. they should have They should have brought her back. If anybody needs this fucking show. Yeah, but I mean, true, especially for how they edited it, but the truth came out. Not but. <laughs> but the truth came out about it where it was like they literally had them standing oh, for hours and right. she wasn't allowed to leave and like had like stomach issues. I mean, I know, but also like, the rest of the time she was being fucking weird, too. It's not like this was this one incident and then she acted no, she was also, the rest yeah. of the time. Something was wrong with her. So they get up to their rooms and obviously a lot of these women have become friends because of and since the show. So they kind of decide they're going to click off and, you know, go into various rooms. But they start to realize that the rooms are assigned, like the beds are assigned. So this was interesting. So what I saw first was Goldie and Rain, at least. There might have been another person in that room. They went through them kind of quickly, except for the last one that we see. And Buckwild, Safari, and Crazy. But then they have Boots, Bucky, and Pumpkin in one room together. Boots is like... I feel like Pumpkin spit on New York because she's a racist. And I'm like, fair. <laughs> fair assessment. Bucky also explains that part of the problem beyond that is, well, first she says, I was told about a blog that she wrote about how myself and a bunch of the other girls are all jealous and crazy and I was going to beat her ass or something. But the one, this is a very like Bravo-esque problem and be like oh you wrote a blog about me because that's what usually what causes the fights in between seasons is like or during while a season is on is like they have to write heavy air quotes on that their own you know response to what happened during the course of the show and like you know if somebody calls another castmate out on something it then turns into a twitter war so this is all again pre-twitter pre all of this Excuse me. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, so. That better not get cut out. <laughs> so. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a rarity. Don't, don't. That has to stay in the episode. Anyway. So Pumpkin and a bunch of the other ladies are in the room at this point, And Bucky, like, confronts Pumpkin about it. And 
what Bucky left out the when she was telling us the story in the talking head was that she wasn't saying all the girls were. She said all the black girls are like je- like jealous and crazy and all this stuff. And Buck and Boots is like, you know, Bucky's like, okay, but if you actually said that and like, you know, Bo- Boots is like, then you're being a fucking racist. And <laughs> Pumpkin's denying it because she's a piece of shit. But Hottie, during this moment, because they're all in the room and off to the side, Hottie is just kind of like leaning, like leaning her head like around, like peeking her head around just the corner. Eavesdropping she's just, and spying. Eavesdropping so silly. And she's got this like absurd like it's plaid but like more aggressively plaid than the house which is really saying a lot um aggressively plaid plaid. outfit on with like a pink satin like lacy camisole underneath so basically it's like schoolgirl meets little bo peep it's like she's trying to do too much sexy stuff at one time Uh. it's a lot so she's like i do like to see my competition eliminate themselves so i'm hoping that it comes to physical blows Oh, gosh. So Boots says to Pumpkin, you know, like, basically, if you fucking try that spitting shit, if you put your hands on me, like any of that, like, I'll I'll fucking beat the shit out of you. And then, of course, Pumpkin in her talking head is like she literally goes full white lady so fast. Uh, She's like, are you kidding me? I don't know why these girls would even be hating on me. The only thing I can think of is like, okay, I spit on a black girl. And like she says that with like, I mean... That's not why they hate you, but it definitely didn't work in your favor. And the thing is, she didn't spit on New York because she was black, but I don't think she would have spit on her in the first place if she was another white girl. Like, I think that she, like, I, I do believe that Pumpkin is a racist. But that like, was going to be, yes. I was going like to ask I'm not trying really to say believe? this in, I'm not trying to say in any way I'm defending Pumpkin whatsoever, but... I, I don't know. Like, I think that it's more layered than that. But then also the idea that they're only interested in defending New York because they are black and they are defending their fellow black person yeah. is, like, kind of racist in and of itself. Like, I'm not explaining this great, but, like, her her train of thought about why they're mad at her is racist. <laughs> so, obviously, she is then a full puddle of white tears um into the bathroom you know she goes and like like a bunch of the nicer you know non-confrontational ladies are following her in and she's like and everybody's like why are you crying and she's like they put me in with the two girls that hate me and like most you know like goldie's in there being really supportive and you know I think Rain is in there being really supportive. And then Safari's in the back because they're all like, oh, no, you know, don't let them get to you. Don't let them get you down. And Safari's in the back like, it's because they read the blog. <laughs> just thank you for that nugget of truth in this <gasps> moment. So basically, we just get a quick uh, talking head of Boots basically saying for as long as Pumpkin and her are both there, like, it's going to be a fight all season long. And then we get to a commercial. So we come back from commercial and it's nighttime. So Monique calls over the loudspeaker and tells them to report to the Grand Hall and line up and they all line up there with their backs facing the doors. Now, it is important to note this entire time since they've been on the bus, they have these giant name tags on with their assigned names, their their flave given names. So (laughs) flave given names. It sounds so funny. It because it's because it is. 
So we are introduced to two very special people, the uh, fellow judges and deans standing up there with Monique. We get Miss Mickey Taylor. She is the beauty director and cover editor of Essence Magazine at this point in time. Her name sounds very familiar from, I think she also did stuff on America's Next Top Model, if I remember correctly. Very credible. Oh, certainly. Like they listed that, and I was like, "Damn!" Like they no, really got a someone really big, for this. Yeah, thank God. Uh, well, minus sh- the next guy. Don't okay. We'll we'll get there. So I I just think that she's fantastic. I'm not sure what she's up to now. I meant to Google it, and I never got around to it because I'm a hack. But yeah, she's basically going to be the expert of style and grace, followed by a man named <laughs> Keith Lewis, who I said kind of looks like Rick Astley a little bit. Eh? Sort of. So he is the director of Miss California and Miss California Teen U.S. Miss California USA and Miss California Teen USA. For those who aren't aware, the easy way to remember the difference, there's a bunch of ways to remember the difference between Miss America and Miss USA pageants, respectively. Um, Miss America is a lot more focused on scholarship and you know being a well-rounded person whereas usa is more about being hot and that is the one that the trump organization Uh-oh. is affiliated see, with. see before you so that's that, how i remember you that i was gonna be like yeah america exactly but no but like if you think about it like that's always how i remember because like usa is more about shallow shit usa like whereas america is more about sound like being america fuck yeah can you be less of a quintessential cishet white guy in this moment? Well, I was getting... Hang on. What else did I have? Don't. That's all right. You don't need to tell us. There's something else. I, it'll that's come right. to me. It's it, it. Even if it doesn't, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so he's the director of Miss California USA and Miss California Teen USA and the owner of the Morgan Talent Agency. He is a white man. He is a gay white man. Oh, now I know. I fucking hate this guy. Like, during the course of this episode, he is... And I... Hashtag not all gay white men. Obviously, there are plenty of you who are on the right side of history. But sometimes, white gay men have... Certain white gay men, not obviously not all, have a tendency to get this rationale of, like, because they're not attracted to women or because women sometimes see them as like one of the girls that they can be like super misogynistic in particular misogynoiristic i don't (laughs) just like especially critical of women because they don't really have any stake in the game and like it's it's less harmful coming from them but it's still you know patriarchy bullshit like it's just this guy is just so gross to them during the course of this show that literally he is the only problem in what is granted problematic for other reasons but an otherwise nearly flawless show like he just brings the mood down he's a dick he's really mean to them for no apparent reason and i hate that he is described as the kind of man you must impress if any of you girls want to get on to in show business because it's true but like for a really sad reason because white men are the ones in charge of the business so basically this becomes an 
I feel like I'm going to go on a lot of rants that I can't fully flesh out. So if you are more nuanced in some of this stuff than I am, please feel free to reach out. But like, it's true. Like, they are going to have to impress a bunch of white men to make it in life. But also, I feel like they added him in because then otherwise, if it was three, let's say, black judges, then it would be a black show. And if it was, you know three women judges then it's like you're not bringing any of there's at least like a male perspective in there for guys who watch the show or whatever well and and uh buck wilds kind of says it later well we'll get to it. we'll yeah. get to what she says about with him. the little yeah we'll get and to his it. name that's what i was gonna remember with his name being keith yeah and how much you hate him and he's the worst and i was like there's a family guy clip of course where he's is. going in, he's peter's trying to go into a safe with like him and quagmire and it goes like what is the worst name in like America or something for a man? Or, and they just sit there, they think, and Peter just goes, Keith. And they're like, door unlocked. Sorry if your name is Keith and you're listening to yes. this. Hashtag not all Keiths. Hey, I'm just quoting, uh, not all Keiths. <laughs> Hashtag not all Keiths. I'm just, no, I'm just quoting Family Guy. The I got nothing Keith, against the The name. only Keith I ever remember was when my brother was a kid and he used to get his hair cut at Supercuts and the guy kind of looked like the lead singer of Smash Mouth. <laughs> that guy's name's Keith? No, the guy, the guy who hey cut now, my brother's hair. Hey your name is Keith. <laughs> anyway. So Keith said he he's watched each of their tapes, and I must say there isn't anyone here that would get within fifty feet of my office. But good luck. Jesus. Great. So uh, Monique tells all of the ladies that before we go any further in this process, there's something you all need to lose, and that is your nicknames. Those disgusting nicknames. She says disgusting. it is worth noting that she again pauses to makes like dramatic pauses all the time and i live for it so there is a series of flashbacks of the naming parts of the show where Flav literally well he they don't show this clip but for those who remember he basically says that he's doing this to touch them like he's putting the stickers on their boobs and on their butts and just it's gross so she monique then kind of calls them up one by one in front of this fireplace where she's standing and they have to discard their giant, you know, hello, my name is Nick Tag, Nick, Nick Tags, name tags, nickname tags that they've had since they were on <laughs> their the Keith bus. tags. Their Keith tags. So the very first one we are introduced to is Rain. And Monique does this whole thing where she's like, you like to scream your way through everything, huh? And she's like, no, you know like oh is that the way to do things and she's like no and she's like do you ever actually get your point across and like rain is crying and she's like no and she goes nobody can ever hear you can they and she's crying no and they kind of go this through this back and forth so she takes off the name tag and we find out that her name is thala so she says literally as she's taking the name tag off Thela and we're going to be referring to them by their real names from here on out. So and we're doing try our your best. best to keep. I'm going to try my best to do it. Um, Obviously, my brain will kind of resort back to uh, on occasion. I'm sure calling them by the names we've known them. As it's our instinct. This point. And then we but see like, them on social media and we still use all. Actually, but the thing is, like most of them, well, they've switched it. I mean, I yeah. think most of them, I think, have just decided to be, like, real people, you know? But, I mean, obviously, Delicious, who's not here, goes by her name. Hoops kind of still goes by her name. Goldie 
says later on that she doesn't really want to part with it. I mean, Goldie's pretty wholesome. Yeah, so there's nothing like, wrong with that. You know, there's nothing, you know, I don't blame her. Actually, does I'm pretty sure Bucky still goes by hers. I don't know. Either way. So, uh, so Thala says that she has this big weight taken off of her shoulders, you know, and they toss the name tag into the fire and she says in a talking head, Thela, like the guilt that I felt for what happened went in the fire. Hopefully the disappointment for my mother went into the fire and Monique gives her a pledge pin and sends her back into the line and the other ladies come up. So I was surprised that Boots looked like she was crying when she went up there. Not crying, but like tearing up a little, like really? her eyes looked a little glassy. Yeah. So uh, Monique takes the name tag and turns it around and points at it and goes, this was a joke and tosses it into the fire. And we find out that Boots' real name is Larissa. Up next, we get Bucky. Some of them introduce themselves by their full names for some reason, but we we meet so next Bucky takes off her name tag and we find out her name is Shay Shay Johnson I actually does she go by Bucky on love and hip-hop anymore I don't know we don't know we don't watch the show sorry which reminds me we're super behind on uh finding love ASAP so (laughs) sorry uh up next is hottie uh she immediately comes up bullshitting her way through this whole process she's like oh you know Monique, I'm so excited to be here with you, and and I brought a token of my appreciation, and I swear to God, this bitch, Lord strike me dead if this is not what I watched with my own eyes, pulls an apple out from her shirt, and Goldie, who I laughed at this, but this is not the iconic line of the week, it's coming. This is how you know that Monique is fucking hilarious. We're like, Monique blows this line that I'm about to read to you out of the water. So uh, Goldie goes like, hot and gave Monique an apple. I was like, Lord, please don't let Mo- Monique eat that damn apple. Ain't no telling what kind of shit is going on in them nooks and crannies of her titties. <laughs> so this, this is when people I, say titties. It always makes it funny. I know. Like my one of my favorite TikToks is. Titties. Well, way to spoil it. You couldn't have just waited for me to finish the story. I'm like expired milk. Spoiled. No, spoiled? I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah. I called him a joke serial killer earlier today. But uh, I'm apparently the Henry the, Lee Lucas of joke telling. You are. Uh, <laughs> every time you come across one, you just need to murder it. So, people, if there's ever a joke out there you really want people to stop saying, let me know. I'll get it out there and it'll be gone. Nice anyway, and easy. Uh, the 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 TikTok is somebody put titties into Google Translate and then they read it and then Google Translate reads it with a French accent and it's just like titties. And if I'm telling you, I watched that on a loop. You did. I don't know, like 50 times. She's not over exaggerating. Cried my eyes out laughing. So, you know, nooks and crannies on her titties where we left off. So Monique very politely um, takes it and sets it down on the mantle and goes, that apple was hot as hell. And this is where we get, we have another iconic line of the week coming up. You already know what it is, but this one is really just the best. And like one of the funniest lines we've heard between all of the shows to date, it is, what am I going to do with a titty apple? (laughs) 
I need to get that on a hat or a shirt or something. What are we going to do with the teddy apple? Oh, my gosh. It's just so good. Like, she's just so serious, too. And I don't blame her. Like, what are you going to do with the titty apple? Her delivery is perfect. I mean, it goes right into, like, obviously why she was a professional comedian and actress and everything. Right. But, like, oh, because I was laughing at the Goldie line where I had to text you. And then literally, because as I pause it 10 seconds later, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, you were like. I'm going to do a titty apple. (laughs) A titty apple. (laughs) Titty apple. So she asks uh, Hottie for her real name, and it's Shatar. And uh, she, Monique tosses the name tag into the fire. Then we see like that is her real name is Dara. Pumpkin's real name is Brooke. Smiley's real name is Laylene. Crazy is like, I'd rather not be called crazy. Because a bunch of these ladies make like a whole thing about how like this name brought a lot of shame to them. And it's embarrassing and whatever. Like, oh, yeah, I'd rather not be called crazy. And. I mean, yeah, her nickname's fucking crazy because yeah. Flav's like, oh, all the Latin women I've dated are crazy, so I'm yeah, gonna call no. you crazy. It's like, so it's like, oh, in addition to being up. ableist, it's racist on top of it. Yeah. So just like, it's a problem, top to bottom. So uh, Monique goes, so, okay, so what would you rather be called? Assuming that she would give a normal answer. And Crazy goes, Neve. Now, for those who don't know, Crazy was eliminated for being a singer. And, like, basically trying to be on the show to be famous. But in fairness, like, would you want to make out with Flav for any other reason? No. I mean, I wouldn't even want to make out with Flav for that reason. So, uh, Shay is the one who reminds us that it is crazy singing name and it is heaven backwards, which I remember from the from the dude from P. Remember P.O.D.? That band? Yeah. The guy on he, on his episode of Cribs, he he told he said his daughter's name was Neve, which was heaven backwards. Huh. That's how I learned. What well, that at least is. he did it legitimately. Well, I mean, we don't know if it was played out by then, but I, it was the first time I remember hearing it. But so Monique is like, no, I'm not. Basically, Monique is very politely, but you can see it in her face where she's like, I'm not fucking calling you that shit. So she goes, OK, what is your birth name? And, you know. She goes, Heather. And then Monique goes, okay, well, that's what we're going to call you then. <laughs> so next we see uh, Goldie come up. And <laughs> Monique, you can tell, likes her a lot right yes. off the bat. Because she gives her this, like, kind of look like, like, oh, so you're the funny one. You're yeah. like, oh, you're a little, the funny lady. And you don't really need to be here. We just want you for TV. Right. We need you here. It's like, we know you're pretty jokes. cool and normal. We know you're like, you have some common sense. Uh, but also it kind of was like a very funny thing because it's like from comedian to comedian in that moment. It was kind of like, oh, you think you're funny, but she knows that she's funny. Like, you know, like I think Monique knows that Goldie is funny. Yes. So she like is like, oh, you think you're funny or whatever. You know, like she's smiling, like impressed, but also kind of judgy. So uh, she tells us her name is Courtney Jackson. Uh, Courtney says, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to I'm a kind of Miss Goldie. You know, Flav gave it to me and I'm like, you're free now. <laughs> Use free. There's no reason to continue using it because Flav gave it to you. You know, like if you like the nickname, like, oh, I'm glad I got that nickname. It's fun. It's nice. I like gold, you know, whatever. It's just like, no, you don't have to fucking do that. So then we see Toasty, a.k.a. Jennifer, uh, Sirius, a.k.a. Crystal. And 
it is worth noting that it is spelled like crystal. Yes. C R I S T A L. Yeah. <laughs> so Buckwild is next, and you literally could not make this shit up. For as much as po- is potentially staged and all that stuff. Actually, she goes by Buckwild still, but she went by Buckwild prior to the show. So, yes. in it's, fairness, it's her thing. Right. So, Monique immediately takes her to task and is like i don't know if you want to be a black girl or if you want to be a white girl and when she ultimately like because monique's like what is your name and she goes becky i swear to fucking god her name is becky and monique's face literally is like you've got to be fucking kidding me (laughs) like are you fucking serious right now and she goes you have the whitest of all white names in the world (laughs) so you know, Becky says she loves to be Buckwild. Uh, she can't help it. But, you know, Monique makes this disgusting. <laughs> and no. So it's so she is Becky for forever. And she goes, Monique gave me my white people name. Which is like, she, like you know, when you're in. I don't know if anybody else had this when they were in like at least Spanish, like in a foreign language class. I don't know if they still do this. I can't imagine they still do this. But like you get like a Spanish name or a French name. That they call you like they have a whole other name for you in this class. And she's like, oh, I got my white people name. No, the name that's on your fucking birth certificate, Rebecca. Well, I don't know. For all intents and purposes, she could just be Becky. (laughs) I don't want to assume. You never know. Yeah. My ex's sister was just Jenny. She was not Jennifer. Jenny. She was was just Jenny. (laughs) Like, I never understood it. That must be my girl, Jenny. You don't have to. Um... (laughs) So neither did Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Was that your answer, by the way? So that question came up on Twitter for those of you listening. Whenever there was a question going around Twitter about uh, who in no, it's, wait, it's, it's name, okay, name a movie fine, name and a you movie, can keep you one keep character one, yeah. to be the real person. Everybody ever else to... is becomes Muppets. And Mike, tell them what your suggestion was. Mine was Forrest Gump. And I want to keep Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan and everyone else is a Muppet. Yeah. I do have to say, though, my cousin came up with the best one because this we had like a family thing. It was like after Christmas and we were all talking about it. And my cousin came up with the best one, which is uh, Speed. And you oh, like the person you keep is one random passenger on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> like all of this is going on among Muppets except for one person. <laughs> Well, that's why I said there's the one woman who gets, like, run over, I think. Like, she goes to do the crossing when they're trying to, like, yeah, like, come on, you can make it. I don't know, I've never seen Speed. Oh, my God. (laughs) See, people, this is what I'm talking about. You guys, name any, like, cult classic movie or popular movie from when we grew up. That's not true. She probably hasn't seen it. That is not accurate. That is not accurate. I disagree. There's, I've seen plenty of movies. I just haven't seen certain. Name five. Name five movies that I've seen. Well, five important 90s movies from when we're growing up. It would be Space Jam. Everyone's Clueless. seen Space Jam. No, Riley hasn't seen... Uh, Riley, snap back to reality. Really? Riley has not seen Space Jam. I told you we had a whole conversation about it. <sighs> and on, I was Riley. like, I don't know if that would make any sense as an adult. <laughs> like, I can't recommend it's it to you. It's still a great movie. It's, oh, I remember that conversation. It's not a great now, movie. Yeah. It is an entertaining movie that yeah. is great because it holds a lot of sentimental value. Um, 
I've seen Spice World. Love it. I've seen um, Spice Up Life. Um, fucking Ten Things I Hate About You. I've seen. Okay. And um, I don't know. Name another teen. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a list. I've seen a lot of like the teen movie ones. That's 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 my wheelhouse right yes. there. But anyway. I get it. Oh, and I've seen uh, what I know what you did last summer. Roadhouse. So. Monique says she's proud of them for being so willing to free themselves of those horrible nicknames. Horrible. She she gives this as a talking head. Like, she says this as a talking head, which sets us up for this probably arguably the most iconic moment of Charm School. And it's in the first, like, 20 minutes. It is. it is. So, uh, Mo- Monique calls up Safari, as she keeps calling her, which I think kind of informs how this interaction goes because for as much as this could be staged for dramatic effect and perfectly executed if that is the case but i could see in her mind based on these ridiculous spellings i mean toasty's got three fucking e's at the end that's true like it is perfectly reasonable that moni could look at that and think that flave tried to spell safari and spelled it fucking wrong <laughs> And he calls her Sapphire. He calls her Sapphire in the scene where he kicks her out. But Monique says, oh, come on up, Safari. And so Safari comes up and this is where we get the iconic line of the week. Like one of the lines that is the like the reason. The season. The iconic <laughs> line of like the franchise. Calls her up and says, Safari, that represented something ugly. What is your real name, baby? Safari. <laughs> your real name is Safari. I never got a nickname. Oh my God! I and this is a, this is something that we've been quoting the entire our this entire podcast, like because it's just such a great. I I really hope it was a genuine interaction and that it wasn't staged, for dramatic effect. No. What? No, it can't what? be staged. It seemed like it was a genuine interaction. Wow, if you think that it's a genuine interaction. You thought it was staged? I don't know. Well, the thing is, it kind of does. I mean, maybe it was, like, to some degree, you know, where they, like, really drove the point home with Monique to be like, that name represented something ugly. You know, like, why would she do that to her and none of the rest of them? You know? Yeah. Why would she go that hard on her instead of the rest of them? That could be editing. She might have brought some other stuff up to the others. That's why. We That's get, true. Okay. Like some of the Fair. girls we saw was just kind of like, what's your real name? This. Cool. Peace. And that was it. But we didn't get any other explanations from it. She could go on about. See, oh, this is why I, I honestly, I want to start like an Amazon public list just to put on and hopefully people will buy me stuff. I want to get what? every single one of these VH1 shows on DVD with all the extra bonus footage. Because they have like a, they probably show all of this. Stuff. No, I don't think so. But so, we've established before that if there was like a twenty-four hour cam that we could watch every single one of these oh, interactions. Oh, like Big Brother, I yeah. would pay for that. Oh, absolutely, like all access stuff. Right. So, um, you know, she Mo Monique asks why she didn't get a nickname, and Safari tells her, you know, some of the story, and Monique is basically just speechless, and she's like, "You're basically the reason why this show exists." So get back in line uh you know she she takes out the name tag anyway even though it's her actual name 
happened. And throws it in the fire. It's everyone anyway. else did it. But it's her actual name. She's not. And they do the same thing. Like they they had these title cards for the ladies that kind of popped out from the, like this Chiron that popped out from the side that had like their their real name and their nickname like in quotes. But they have Safari and Safari in quotes. <laughs> so it's like she threw a name tag in the fire for no reason. And so uh, basically, I guess it's symbolic of just being free of like that flavor of love legacy. Which, like, bitch, we're never going to fucking do. And somebody pointed out that she now sells uh, lip chap. Her own lip chap. Which I would love to buy. Uh, So Monique goes to put the pledge pin on her and is having, like, a hard time because her boobs are so big. And Safari's like, oh, yeah, they're kind of, like, poking out there. And Monique, like, goes to all of them. She goes, all y'all got the biggest titties I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) For a collective group of women, everyone's pretty much got big boobs. You know who's got... I cannot believe I'm bringing this up now. But you know who had incredible boobs? Buck Wild. Really? Did you not see that, like, at the end of the episode? Of this one? No, I guess not. I mean, seeing her in the bathing suit in Flavor of Love, it's like, oh, okay. Buck Wild? Yeah. No, you're thinking of Boots. No, Boots I know, obviously. Buck Wild, I I don't remember being in a bathing suit. At some point, when she got confronted in the pool by, uh, who the hell was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember now. But, no, she's got this top on later that's, like, one of those, like, rugby stripe tops. Yeah. And she's got, like, nice like boobs. I don't mean to objectify her, but, like, a, a nice set of boobs. <laughs> you're not objectifying. You're just complimenting her boobs. Yeah, no, it's genuinely a compliment, not meant to be creepy in any yeah. way, shape, or form. So Monique says to the ladies, uh, before we jump into our journey, we have to learn the Ten Commandments of Charm School. Thunderclap, monk, Gregorian monk chant. Um, Ten commandments, ten lessons, ten tests, which is how we will determine who will be the last woman standing. So we don't get all the, we, we get, we see the list of commandments, but like, I didn't feel like typing them all out, so we're not fucking doing that now. But uh, we see the first commandment is uh, check thyself before thou wreck thyself. (laughs) Sure. The challenge they have tonight is called first impressions. So Monique takes Brooke with her and Safari goes with Mickey and Keith. And uh, she says they're going to have some real talk and the rest of the ladies go outside to enjoy a mixer. We don't really get any clips. We don't get any clips from the mixer. We just see kind of quick bounce back and forth of like various interviews. The first one we see quickly is uh, Monique and Brooke talking. And Monique is like, when I saw you hawk spit and literally the way the caption came up, I know that it's like hawk spit. Like, but it took me a second because the caption said hawk spit. And I was like imagining it just like a very precise, like a hawk spit, you know, flying in someone's face like a hawk. You know, so it was a hawk spit on that woman. I wanted to come through the television and Brooke just nods. And Monique is like, if you had the opportunity, would you apologize to that sister? And of course, after what they should have done, which would have been great, would be play back the clip very quickly of her going, I wouldn't take it back, blah, blah, blah. And play that before she ultimately goes, yeah, probably now I would. Yes. <laughs> and Monique like daps her up and she's like, I appreciate your honesty, which I'm like, that's weird. And then she says, uh, Brooke, it says in a talking head, uh, I'll say whatever it is I have to say to make myself look more charming. 
So then we get Monique and Larissa. Monique asks what the deal is between her, Shay, and Brooke. Again, I, I'm going to I'm not going to do this the whole season, but just to get you anti- like ad- bleh, adequately what antiquated. No, that's not the term adequately like prepared for who these are. So Larissa, again, is Boots and Shay is Bucky and Brooke is this is an adjustment period. Pumpkin. Pumpkin. So Larissa says, if Pumpkin spit on me, then I would have kicked her ass. And Monique is like, okay, like clearly in a talking head. She's like, okay, Larissa is obviously the one that wants to be like a tough girl, but she's just a child. Like she's just wants to seem like a badass and she fucking can't. So we get some clips of Keith and Mickey and various ladies. So first we see him, we see them talking to Becky and Keith, Becky Buckwild. And Keith asks uh, why she's here. And, you know, Becky's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm really excited to learn about myself. And, you know, Keith straight up says to her face, like, I had pretty much my mind made up that you were the fakest of the group. And then goes, am I being too confrontational with you? And it's like, you're literally being the definition of confrontational, but go off, I guess. And Becky says, you know, no, but her body language is like very closed off and she's got like her jacket up and, you know, I guess because they had come in, she had come in from outside and, you know, very clearly not feeling this line of questioning. And Becky straight up says, I don't like Keith. He's evil. (laughs) He's bad. And he says things just to be mean, which it's like, I don't fuck with him either. So then we see Keith saying to Shatar or Hottie, uh, what is Real that? names. I'm saying I'm getting people. Or Hottie. I'm getting people used to who we're talking about. So, you know, which this moment is really what turned me off. Like what he said to Becky was pretty gross. But like, you know, I mean, granted, like she does come across fake because that is I mean, like she comes across as real and fake simultaneously because the uh, the appropriation obviously sucks. But like she is clearly like a genuinely like nice person and wants people to like her. So it's like you're real and you're fake simultaneously. So Keith then makes a point to be like, what is the hair like is it a wig is it a weave and just like the disdain coming out of his voice is like granted does her hair look like shit yes but it's different when i say that as like a black person to another black person versus like a white man commenting on like is it a weave man fuck you um then we get keith to Brooke saying, I wonder what your Barbie doll is wearing since you borrowed her clothes. Like, what a fucking whack-ass burn. Man, fuck you. Actually, I saw a story about him and I have to pull it up. Either, like, he got sued. He, I think he got sued because they got rid of, in I think in 2009, they got rid of Miss California or Miss California Teen, one of them, for being homophobic. Huh. They dropped them, and so she sued because she's like, oh, he's gay. Like, he obviously is out to get me instead of just being like, well, bitch, actions have consequences, so go fuck yourself. Um, then they have this conversation with Safari where Keith asks, you know, if, if she's comfortable, which felt kind of like an intimidation thing because it, it was like a right angle sectional couch, and 
he's she's sitting in between the two of them and he's like oh are you comfortable like you can tell he's trying to like intimidate her kind yeah. of and you know she's like because she's like oh i'm a little scared actually and he's like you should be man fuck you he's got to be intimidating that's his thing I, no, but he doesn't. Because the thing is, like, you can drive some of these points home while still trying to be compassionate. He like, needs to, to be me, the that mean is, judge. No, that doesn't. No, you don't need a mean judge, especially a, a man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm coming off like such a misandrist, but like, I don't fucking care. Like, you don't need, first of all, in a show, the thing is, a lot of them are mean and tough and or like poorly behaved because... They haven't really, well, because they're in their 20s and just like, you know, we're all dumb in our 20s, you know, but like, I don't know, like, it's just so annoying to me that he brings in this energy of being so fucking judgmental in a situation where these women come from all sorts of backgrounds and situations that like, I don't know, just like, wouldn't it be better to just have compassion? You can be hard on them, but like, to me, it feels like that same thing. Like all these method actors, how these method actors are so shitty to everybody on the set when it's like, notice how like women who do method acting don't feel the need to take out their anger on everybody else on set. But like fucking Joaquin Phoenix can just be a dick and just scream at all his hair and makeup people like, oh, sorry. I'm on some bullshit today. Wow. I just have a lot of feelings. <laughs> Clearly. So Mickey asks what Safari hopes to take away from this. And, you know, Safari says some something more than I have right now. Uh, right. Last year, she was on 54th and Brinehurst, which I don't know shit about California at all. L.A. Uh, so she says they didn't have any floors because the pipe broke and they couldn't cook because the pipe was broken and she didn't have anywhere to go. And she was so depressed and. And then Keith has the audacity. Now, I am one of my biggest struggles in terms of my ability to be more like open minded and like woke is like working through some of my internalized classism. And like this to me was like so like why I'm going and I'm struggling with it. So like, please be patient with me. And if I make some offhand shitty comments, I apologize. Uh, Feel free to check me. But like, I do know enough to know that when Keith has the nerve to turn to this woman who just said she went through a period where she didn't have fucking floors and say $50,000 is nothing compared to what you could get out of everything else. And it's like, I'm sorry, you're not listening to this show to hear me go on like, you know, microaggression rants. But, like, I think there's been more than enough evidence documented that it doesn't fucking matter if black women are totally presentable or not. She can follow all these etiquette tips to a fucking T and still encounter struggles in the real world. So, you know, $50,000 would... And I'm glad she fucking says, like, in her talking head, she's like, $50,000 is fucking life-changing for me right now. You may as well have said $5 million. Like, it's literally that big of a difference in my life. Yes. It means a lot more than being told how to, like, walk properly. Right. Because at the <laughs> end of the day, like, she's still a black woman in America. That shit's only going to get her so far. Like, black woman in America. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Um, so then, uh, basically. Hey, I understand. 
I don't understand. I understand. Because I don't live it, but it, it's one of those where I recognize that I'm, it pretty much, like, no one really has it worse than black women. Well, I mean, the, the intersectionality is complicated. Well, there's, but a, yes. That's, but all of that to say, you know, they, no, yeah. they get back to real back time. To the show. They get back to real time, and she's just like, where's that money at? And he's just dumbfounded. <laughs> like, I would love to know the context of the conversation at that point. He's like, oh, and I got 50 grand in my pocket. I don't think he's got that much money. So then we get some scenes of Monique and the ladies, and basically it's just a bunch of them just crying to her. So it's uh, Layleen is crying. That's Smiley, for those who don't remember. Layleen is crying. <laughs> they could uh, probably and, guess just based on this crying. Well, no, because it's a bunch of them have crying sequences after this. So she's like, you know, oh, them. like Monique says, like in a talking head, like, oh, I came into like meeting these women thinking they were all going to be like tough and how they seemed on tv and like they do like a super cut of Layleen crying larissa crying chris crystal crying uh, becky crying you know my problem is like that the becky abbreviation is similar to how i used to do bucky's abbreviation in my notes so it's like it's that's why i'm hesitating a little bit and monique just continues and she's like they all started crying right off the bat and then she does this thing where she like mimics them. She's like, oh, how you doing? And they're like, Ooh. like she like does this whole thing. And I'm like, Monique, you are a fucking angel. Like you make this show so good. So I don't know. So they're all kind of like divulging a lot of their personal issues. Um, you know, Crystal is saying that she doesn't really know if she even really likes herself. And Layleen is talking about, you know, being an exotic dancer and Monique literally, so who else? Oh, uh, Thela is like crying, you know, saying that her mom, like to re- relaying to us what her mom or to Monique rather, what her mom said, like, oh, did I raise you to talk like that? Blah, blah, blah. And Monique just looks straight to the camera like fucking Jim Halper. Like, this, <laughs> you fucking see this shit? Like, it's incredible. And she's, you know, Monique's like, I'm Oprah. Like, everybody's crying on my couch. And, you know, then the next thing we know, we see her, like, Monique fully sprawled out on the couch. And she's like, I need a cocktail. <laughs> I don't blame her. No, not with this lot. Like, I wonder how Cougar she Burn. was, too. Like, picture her filming this whole scene of pretty much this entire morning slash afternoon so far. And then afterwards, like, not necessarily being like, what the hell did I get myself into? But she's probably like, holy shit, what is this? Well, I think also, especially seeing, like, I think it's an interesting point that she unintentionally makes is, like, there's a lot of nuance to these women. You know, like, people see them as these one-dimensional fucking party monsters on TV, you know, fighting with each other and getting drunk and, like, being very seemingly promiscuous and then just seeing like that it all comes from kind of a place of insecurity and the need for validation and stuff like that like that's kind of what i like about this show it like sees that it shows these women as being more well-rounded human beings yeah it's like it's not all craziness producer-based bullshit right so it's the end uh the next day rolls around and you know the alarm is going off in the rooms and Safari is so sweet. She's like, I hope I learn how to brunch because that seems etiquette like. Yeah, that was really funny. That was so sweet. A bunch of them head downstairs 
and to go get food and there's a bunch of uniforms neatly folded in piles um or like what we think are uniforms at this point something a bunch of clothes that are neatly folded on what look like cafeteria tables like I get that it's supposed to be school but it's still like you did this in a house (laughs) so it's it's weird to have those round tables with the built-in benches in a in a dining room like you know it's just it's weird the shatar was excited yeah I wonder side note I wonder if you can airbnb these fucking houses they're probably expensive I don't know it's worth looking they're gigantic we'll do our first podcast meetup Yeah, right? Everyone get ready. We'll have our, like, a three-day competition. I would actually like to know, because I was talking about this with Pauline, that the house on, was it Pauline or was it Alex? So one of them, that the house on Finding Love ASAP is an Airbnb. That, yes. Well, that makes sense, though, because there's, like, a name on it and whatever. So there's, again, plaid carpet, plaid walls, like, Jesus be an interior decorator. Uh there's a brunch buffet set up and it, at this point it's just safari and shatar you know getting breakfast and shatar is like losing her fucking mind that's hottie for those who don't remember you know and safari's like what is it and shatar is like clothes and they're pink and i was like girl <laughs> fucking relax so they get these velour tracksuits because it is 2006 it is like this was like I I and I was just thinking today like a lot of 2000s fashion I like don't really want it to come back but man do I miss a velour tracksuit. There's some cool shit from back then. I there isn't. It's really all not good. You. But a it's not tra- all not good. It's most of everything it is not comes good. back. People are like oh flannel and plaid will never come back and then it They're never fl- went out. It never fucking never went anywhere, bitch. Exactly. Uh. So Shatar is like, we look like we're in the military, which is like, since when did the military have velour tracksuits, bitch? Uh, and, you know, and she's like, oh, my God, in their shoes, because they knew I didn't have any sneakers. It's like, you would not own a pair of sneakers. Fucking Posh like, what Spice the fuck wannabe. did she bring with her? Did you ever see that? Like Posh Spice says she never wears sneakers. No. Or Victoria and that's Beckham. surprising because David Beckham had a shoe. I'm sure you he's got a lot of shit. Him. I mean, you'd think. Uh, but they are basically Ked style kind of sneakers. And, ooh, that sounded. Ked style kind of sneakers. I what don't happened? know if it just cut out. Thank you for sniffi- sniffling into the microphone. No, I went over this way. Uh, so, Safari is disappointed, as she says. Uh, why couldn't they get us Nikes? And it's like, do you have Nikes money? This show certainly they does have not. They 50 grand. That's not even a lot for a reality show, though. I'm trying to think how much they give on RuPaul's Drag Race. It might be 50000 actually. Plus, they give them a bunch of other stuff. Well, th- Yeah, but this is also, what, 2006? Seven? Yeah, 2006 it was filmed. 2007 it aired. This is pre-recession. People had money. So, a bunch of the ladies are now sitting downstairs, and they're all eating their breakfast. And Dara noticed uh, a note on the bulletin board, which was sitting right next to them. Uh... This is basically the equivalent to a flavogram or the New York note saying, you know, they're going to be working on their insides by going outside of the house. And everybody's fucking psyched for this for some reason, unbeknownst to me. And she tells them to pack everything you'll need for an overnight field trip. And the ladies are so excited. And Courtney, who's Courtney? Oh, Goldie. 
I'm I'm not trying to call her that name. I'm keeping it in the minds of people. So just for a visual reference, Courtney, a.k.a. Goldie, is the only one to point out that maybe they should expect something that isn't like fucking fun girl bonding time and you know a little something a little bit more rugged or as she says that in the woods vibe (laughs) so shatar daft as fuck goes oh i hear overnight in the woods and i just know we're going to a spa retreat and it's like this is a show about challenging yourself why the fuck would you go to a spa so they all start packing and Thela has to remind Shatar not to bring a fur into the woods. And Shatar's like, it's going to be cold and like, plus it's faux fur. Sure. So they head to Angeles National Forest. Uh, they show a literal tumbleweed and play that knockoff of the One. good, the bad and the ugly music. That they had from last time. One singular tumbleweed. One singular tumbleweed. Dun, 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 dun. If you can fucking make random references, I can too. What's that though? Uh, musical theater people, please don't kill me. I think it's from 42nd Street. See, mine One are more known songs. Singular sensation. I see you can tell that I don't One know the rest of the words. singular tumbleweed. See, now that would be the Beatles. Okay. Uh, the lonely. Okay. <laughs> that's one is the loneliest number isn't the Beatles what am I thinking of I don't know I don't know the Beatles no that what well. the fuck am I thinking so Monica's waiting for them uh, so once they arrive Monica's waiting for them um, in a Sherpa Kurt Sherpa Kurt Sherpa coat of her own standing next to a pile uh, a bunch of camping bull crap as Shay calls it <laughs> uh, Monique tells them that they're going on a sisterhood retreat which has a very different meaning if you're in a sorority potentially or maybe just mine uh, and their instructor for the day is none oh. other than mother nature herself and as you know sometimes she can truly be a bitch. Like you're waiting for she does she does those pauses like on fucking um Oh my god. CSI. There we go. <laughs> that was my dramatic pause. So we then get a uh, lightning thunderclap and like Gregorian monk chant monk chant for commandment number 2, you shall go it, girl. Uh, so we find out this is all about the value of teamwork, the importance of drive so they can learn to survive in the modern day world. Not sure what the modern day world has anything to do with hiking, but go off. She tells them that they are currently at Lake Pyramid and it gets really cold. So, uh, and up here they have bears, mountain lions, coyotes, and rattlesnakes. Uh, good news is they have everything to survive, everything they need to survive right now um, over here in that pile of stuff. And the tumbleweed has worked its way into the pile, <laughs> which I love. Uh, the bad news is the campsite where they're supposed to stay is two miles up the road from where they are. So they have to pack whatever they think is necessary for survival and they're responsible for carrying it to the campsite. Monique, I don't know why this happened like this, but they're all obviously not thrilled about this. And Monique nominates Thela as the spokesperson. Um, 
tells us that she did it because Thela was losing it from the second she got off the bus. Monique basically hands her some weird map. Like, and Thela is like, please, no, I can't. Like, blah, blah, blah. My, I have Achilles heel problem. And like, just going on and on about why she can't fucking do this. And Monique's like, you don't have to, whatever it is. It's a bullshit excuse. Anyone who's torn their Achilles or has had an Achilles injury would be able to tell. Like, she's moving around doing everything fine. If she had a torn Achilles... She would not be in this situation. Yeah. She wouldn't be on the fucking show. I mean, I, I, that's what I thought. I knew it was pretty bad. I guess she had probably torn it like years ago and like is now healed up. Yeah. But like, because someone later goes like, her and her fucking tendonitis or whatever. And I was like, yeah. well, I know what that feels like. And that sucks. But I can do this shit. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to what they're responsible for doing. So, um, so like basically she's like losing her shit and you know Courtney is like oh Monique's a big bitch like she will get you but like you know Monique like keeps her cool throughout so she tells them you know Thayla's got the map have a good time and I'll see you tomorrow and she just gets off she goes off in a fucking Mercedes of all things I loved it uh, so Thayla's like, it's not cool, you know, like, because every, everybody else at this point is kind of like, okay, like, sounds good, and like, high-fiving Monique, and Thayla's like, oh, yeah, it's all cool, because Monique's here, blah, 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 and it's like, and also, side note, and for those of you who are, like, actually watching the show, uh, I just can't get over how much Thayla's voice kind of sounds like Issa Rae's sometimes. Ah. I don't funny. know if you noticed it, but I, I just was like, oh, yeah. like I would like look down and just kind of think of it. I don't know her voice well enough. Actually, I have no, my We Got gotcha Y'all shirt on right now. That's so weird. I didn't even think about it. Uh, Thayla's like, I can't do this. I'm not doing this. And she's like whining and crying. And she's like, my Achilles is torn. I can't hike two miles. And basically Larissa off the bat in like a talking head is like, she's a fucking phony. She's a faker. She's a liar. I don't believe her for a second. But Laylene goes off to comfort her as she cries. Some of the ladies are already going through a pile of stuff, just sorting out what they need. And finally, Thela decides to go so a coyote doesn't eat her. This is her words. Mind you, it's still daylight. So relax. A couple of the ladies start heading out like ahead of everybody else, which is like not the point of this. Uh, dragging suitcases and like garbage pails and stuff and Brooke is one of those people because she's a think for herself in the worst kind of way type of bitch Uh, she said I know Monique says this is about teamwork but I'm just like fuck it I need to survive I'm not just gonna sit here and wait for everybody to figure out what the fuck is going on a lot of F words she sucks like girl fuck you so it's Shatar, Jen and Brooke that head out before everybody else and oh I forgot that at this point like they're like is this the point where she's like sitting off on the side with like Thayla and Laylene are off sitting to the no, side I don't remember that's after they get to the site yes that's right okay so like and Laylene for as Can much as she opener. yeah so Thayla is, like, still complaining, and Laylene apparently goes, like, I love you, but honestly, shut up. <laughs> it's just, like, mood. So they all get get a move on. Uh, we get a couple updates from 50 minutes later with still a mile and a half to go. 
two and a half hours later, approximately two hours and 20 minutes later, uh, just under a mile to go. Uh, I did laugh the earlier part where like Larissa is like, oh, I'm surprised I ain't broke a nail. And Jen's like, I can't believe I fucking wore a thong. That was pretty funny. It is like, oh, I, I literally don't know. Do people still? I mean, I guess people still wear thongs. That's a stupid question. Yeah. But I feel like thongs really had a moment in the 2000s. They're not worn. We haven't gotten to that like episode of Degrassi yet. Holding oh, a pie. Iconic. Thong episode. Yes. It's very. It's like it's super bad. Yes. The one girl. It's the yes. same thing. Yes. It was a thing when it's we were not, I. Why are you saying that? Like, I wasn't a person. One of the people a, a wearing thong, a, thong. a thong wearing person. Uh, <laughs> two hours and 20 minutes later, Shatar is, like, panting on her way up the hill. And Brooke is like, where'd Shakar Shatar go? And Jen's like, oh, I think a bear ate her. And Brooke goes, it must have saw her wig and thought it, she was a fucking animal, which is like, yikes. <laughs> so an additional 40 minutes later from that, so three hours total, there's still just under a half a mile to go. Shatar collapses dramatically to the ground, which I'm like, disgusting. And Crystal asks, who lost a sleeping bag? Laylene said somebody else left lanterns. Thela decides to announce yet again that she is not having a good time girl bye so um crystal and courtney decide to discard the top of some pot on the side of the road hopefully production came and took it so they're not just littering Point mm-hmm. two miles to go heather becky and Laylene, i think are dragging a garbage can just being like lord give me strength and the first person to ultimately arrive at camp is shatar four hours later and says it is her worst nightmare not only is there no spa but there's no electricity how am i gonna plug in my rollers she's so stupid i know so the rest of she's someone i believe it's all for tv but i also feel like she's weird like this anyway like she's really that high she has to to live the character sir i do believe that she's probably playing it up a little bit so eventually the rest of the group arrives and Crystal, to no one in particular, is like, please somebody come fucking look at this shit. And like they pan over to Shatar who, so they get to this campsite and there is like, to backtrack a little bit, there's like a fire pit and, um, you know, like, I, I don't know if it like a gazebo, it's not really a gazebo, but it's like an overhang, I guess. Right. That's like a, over a bunch of tables. It's just a covering. Pretty yeah. Much I'm not, I'm not describing. Tables, I can't yeah. do words. It's been a long day. Uh, you know, there's yes, like a covering over a bunch of picnic tables and Shatar is just like laid out across the top of one just because. <laughs> so Crystal's like, I get up that hill sweating with fucking rope burn and water strapped to my back and i saw hottie's fat ass which i was like yikes laid across the table looking like a fucking corpse and because i had actually written in my note hottie looks like a corpse and (laughs) she said it right after that uh she said and points out that hottie brought one log oh hottie shatar brought one log and one fucking bag of candy that is what she carried up to the campsite while mm-hmm. everybody else is dragging chairs and pots and pans and tents and sleeping bags and all that shit. She has one log, one log, 
and one giant bag of candy. And uh, in the first of at least two times it said during the course of this episode, Crystal calls Shatar the R word. Yeah. Which I was like, ooh. More socially acceptable back then. I know. It's not right. But it's, I mean, it's not and okay. And it's not either. okay. It's not okay either. Um, So the ladies start setting up the food, the fire for food and the tents. They do manage to get a tent together, but, but then it starts to blow away. So uh, they get the food going but then they realize they don't actually have utensils and that the can opener is broken and this fucking sets Thela like all the way off (laughs) so like in my mind I kind of get it you're tired you're pissed off you don't want to be there and it's just one of those things where like a little thing a little stupid thing you ever had those moments where like you just fucking like you're just having like the worst day ever and you go to open the door and you fucking drop your keys or some shit and then you just are like, fuck this. Like, yes. that's the moment where you're like, fuck this whole day. Like, fuck this and fuck you. So Thayla starts asking around because she was responsible for the can opener. That she's like, oh, does anybody else have one? Like, in their packs. And they're all just kind of like, oh, no. Like, rumble, rumble, rumble to themselves. And what happened to the one we had? And she's like, it fucking broke, you idiot. So she throws the broken one. And then just storms off and just sits on the side of the road crying. And she just starts like, my foot's about to fall off and I can't take pain medicine if I don't eat and no one's listening. I'm not even joking. This is my notes that I wrote down. No one's listening to me and I can't scream and I can't yell and I can't do anything that's me. And Leilene is comforting her, but in her talking head, she's like, she's really making a huge thing out of absolutely nothing. Which is rich coming from Laylene, like, given that she's got the reputation for being the crier. Pot calling the kettle you can't, black. People can't see you nodding, so you, That's, you, yes. need to, you need to affirmatively respond out loud. That's why I said pot calling the kettle black. Is that correct? Pot calling the kettle a fucking crybaby. Yes. So... Thayla is still carrying on loudly while the other ladies are literally just, like, watching from the campsite. Because it's not like she's just kind of, like, mumbling to herself and crying. She's, like, s- like talking very loud about And pretty all much screaming at times. Yeah. Like, basically talking about all of them within earshot. While there's, like, nothing going on around them noise-wise. You know? Like, we- bitch, we can fucking hear you. They're like she's still freaking out. She's like, I can't open a broke, and I asked them for another one. They're saying there's not another one. There's no knife, and I asked people to look, and they won't even get up and look. And like Layla's like Layla, Layla, Layleen is like they see Thayla as being weird. So like, I love this that like Layleen in this moment while she is comforting somebody is still trying to think about how this best works for her because she's like, you know, oh, if they think of her as being weak. And I already have the reputation of being a crier. Um, you know, like this is gonna look really bad for me. They and don't it's think like, she's weak. I mean, they already thought she was yeah. weak. Like th- it's not helping. So, like Laylene says to Thela, "Life is gonna be tough, so you have to be strong." <laughs> Thanks. Back at the campsite, which is like I don't know, like ten feet away. <laughs> Uh, they're standing around a fire and like drinking beers and hanging out. Oh, this is later on. This is this is night. They do a lot of time lapse things that are very like quick. 
So uh, they're standing around the fire, you know, drinking beers and hanging out. And then it's nighttime and Mickey shows up to ask them, you know, about like how the day went. So Shay is the first one to throw somebody under the bus. She goes, well, it was supposed to be a team effort, but some people weren't wasn't acting like a team. And Mickey's kind of like, all right, well, was it like actually teamwork or like whatever? And hold on. Who said that? It's like Safari was like, hell no. And Shay is like, Shatar, like, I thought that you should have brought more than just a log and like your own personal items. And Shatar goes, um, I like just brought more than one log. I also brought a bag of candy. (laughs) Which is like, she couldn't even like attempt to try to make herself sound better. She really thought that like, if you're, we're going into the woods candy is helpful she kept thinking spa so mickey like asked more formally at this point you know like you know did you get up here as a group and she i think I, she might actually be reading from a paper that's kind of like okay like here's what you need to talk to them about and like she goes you know did you get up here as a group and everyone says no except for shatar who was like i would say yes we did and everybody's like bitch are you out of your fucking mind so Thela, again, not missing an opportunity to complain about her torn Achilles, is like, oh, I couldn't carry a lot because, like, I have a torn Achilles. Achilles. And the other ladies are, like, pissed. And Dara's, like, I don't know. And also, I'm, like, loving that Dara, a.k.a. like that, has this, like, that furry raver hat from, like, the late 90s, you know? Like, it's very, like, Jamiroquai, like, fat boy slim yes. type thing. And... She's like, listen, I currently have an ice pack on my back because I have fucking sciatica from the second I woke up this morning. And like, I still carried up a backpack and two lawn chairs. So then Thela in her talking head, which is like, she's black, but this is still problematic. She's like, you ghetto banshee bitches. I don't have to prove nothing to you. And if that means you're going to hate me, then that's your problem. And it's like, great attitude. Doing amazing, sweetie. So Mickey tells them that they're going to be tested tomorrow on what they are supposed to have learned today. I'm sorry, everybody. I keep yawning. This is terrible. One of these days I'm going to be able to do this podcast it's and just not a, it's, just devolve. Like you said, it's been a long day. Yes. So side note, Mike had worked overnight over 12 hours prior to this. He I has should, taken a nap it was since. It a 14 but hour day. 14 hour day from the 14 hour day i took a nap probably for like an hour and, and you had been up for and before that i was up at like six something in the morning before so yes yeah, so you were awake for at least like 18 I'm hours going, uh, no longer six to six because i did the overnight yeah and now that's 24 well no you took a nap in the middle is what i'm saying for an, like maybe an okay hour well whatever so add another 12 she it's, says it's been almost 40 hours okay so um my eyes hurt yes you've mentioned that thela um (laughs) i've mentioned that thela at least i'm not screaming (laughs) i'm I'm about to be laylene i'm just gonna start fucking crying into the microphone (laughs) so mickey tells them that it's going to be a competition between two teams um everyone on the losing team will be up for expulsion and before bed they need to pick captains and make sure they bring a winning attitude tomorrow and then she leaves so someone's like, all right, who wants to be captain? And there's just fucking silence. And uh, 
Crystal says in her talking head, which would be my strategy is like, listen, like captains go down with their ships. Like I'm not fucking putting my ass on the line the very first day. It is worth noting, I think, too, that they I what did we figure out that they were were getting paid like one hundred dollars a day for this? I think that's what I think that's what we figured out. Yeah, it was a hundred. Yeah. Hundred one fifty. No, I think it was a hundred. So, uh, Courtney suggests the nomination method, and she nominates Safari. Uh, Safari agrees, and <laughs> Jen is a joke. Uh, nominates Shatar as the other captain, and Shatar agrees for some reason. Uh, Brooke says, "You know." all right, well, why do you want to be captain? And Shatar is like, well, I don't want to see anybody go home. And like, I don't want to be responsible for hurting anyone's feelings, which I'm like, you are literally only saying that so you can like stay on the show. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying that. So it looks like you're trying really hard to be a good person for the show. So Laylene decides to volunteer because she's like, listen, like, Shatar can't be captain. Like, absolutely not. But also she wants to prove that she has the courage to, you know, prove to these ladies that she has the courage to, you know, really take charge. And she says, like, whoever's on your team, like, you know, whoever's on my team, you know, I want you to know that I actually care about you and, like, you know, I want to be encouraging and whatever. And Dara's like, listen, I second Laylene's vote. Uh, you know, she's got three kids, so she's already a leader, which is nuts to me. Like, I don't know how old Laylene is, but like, she's got three kids already. That shit sounds exhausting. And she's divorced, poor thing. That's a lot. So everyone kind of is like fine with leaving it at that. And uh, Safari calls the decision to have Laylene as the other captain the R word again um, because Laylene cries all day this is where I just wrote that they dropped the R word a lot on uh, this show well t- it's twice so far in one episode it's which the is go. the most we've had it no, in it's one twice. episode it's gotta be at least three or four by no, now no it's only Lies. twice I took notes of it some of us take thorough notes so well I don't write inappropriate words I literally wrote R word in my notes would you like to see it no I'm just going to pretend you wrote the word. Okay, that's rude. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the next morning, uh, they're all passed out in their tents, and we see, you know, legs in camo print, like, stomping up to the campsite and just picking through the mess that they made and picks up a metal garbage can lid and basically just starts banging on it. It'd be great if he, it's the one that they, like, threw on the side of the road. He's like, I don't think so. And he just we don't litter it. here. It'd be freaking phenomenal. So Courtney, uh, Courtney's like, oh, somebody's here to rescue us. And no, he's actually, then she goes, no, he's actually here to kill us even further. (laughs) We find out that this man is first Sergeant Jones, a drill instructor and old white dude. Uh, And old white dude. And old white dude. Um, He goes, I understand you had a little two mile hike up this road carrying your little chintzy gear, which I was like, I had to Google that chintzy wasn't a slur because it feels like it is, (laughs) but I couldn't find anything saying that it was. So I don't know. What does it mean? Like, like, like chintzy, like, like, uh, I'm doing a motion. Like, I feel like I can't like, what is that? (laughs) What is that? It's not just about the it's about the hand gesture that I'm doing. This. What are you I doing can't... with the hand gesture? Like, like, 
stuff. Like I don't know. Like Chotsky's just like um like I picture like Chotsky. You're Chotsky. doing a horrible job trying to describe. I can't something. explain it. Like it's just something that I just know what it means, but I can't describe it. I'll I'll Google it later. My God. So, and he's like, "Oh, I heard you had a hard time doing this little two mile hike, like." You know, like, this is, like, I hope you're not proud of yourselves and whatever. And Dara's, like, in a talking head is like, listen, I was drinking last night. Probably had a little bit too much vodka. And this yelling is making my head hurt. (laughs) So First Sergeant Jones says that they have their little test today to see how they do working together as a team. Basically, Thela has her mind made up at this point that she's going home because she can't do a physical challenge. So just... Keep that in mind. Uh, he gives them marching orders like left, right, left, all that bullshit. Loads them and loads them onto the bus, which is like for all the, I guess because it's at a whole other place, this obstacle course they're about to do. Spoiler alert. Becky then tells us that she would date this drill sergeant. He's cute and sarcastic and I like a guy who can put me in my place. <laughs> okay. Uh, so be it. Everyone right. has their things. I, what are you trying to accuse me of kink shaming? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> we're not. We're sex positivity on this it's show. Thank you very much. That. Um, we never kink shame. And um, basically, he's just like hazing them on the bus, like just like yelling at them and taunting them and shit. So they get brought to an obstacle course, like super muddy. It's a gross mess. Uh. And Dara's like, oh, shit, they're trying to get rid of the big girl, which is kind of sad. Like from the get go, she's got this mindset of like, I'm not going to be able to do this because I'm big. So First Sergeant Jones says this course has made Marines whimper and army guys cry, which is like, we get it. You guys are rivals or whatever. (laughs) Uh, And this course will make you cry if you don't conquer it. But they can do it. But they can do it, if, but the, the ladies can do it if they work together as a team. Uh, Becky says in her talking head, she knows it's going to be a nightmare for some of these girls because mud and a weave don't mix, neither do acrylics and ropes, which <laughs> is like fair. Yes. Uh, he calls the captains forward to select their teams and basically they round robin it, you know, um, Keith is also there to tell them, like, and makes a point to look at Laylene while he's doing this. It's not about friendship or being nice. It's about winning, which I, like, have to laugh because it's, like, the whole point of this is, like, be better people. But this whole first, this whole second challenge is, like, think think about yourself. Think about, like, success at the expense of other people. Like, don't consider other people's feelings when making a decision. You have to win. And that's what's most important. And it's like, oh, we're trying to build these great relationships, just not like important friendships. Mm -hmm. So instead of reading the round robin back and forth, I'm just going to read the whole teams as a whole. So the yellow team, uh, the first six people, first five five people that are chosen um first safari's team or the yellow team are courtney bucky larissa shay and jen laylene is the purple team and she picks thala heather dara crystal and brooke thala has the fucking audacity to be like oh we're gonna lose because of dara and shatar 
has the audacity to be like, oh, like while they're picking teams, while the teams are in the middle of getting picked, she's like, oh, Dara's definitely going to be picked last because she's big. Like you haven't proven yourself to be the fucking weakest link, bitch. Um, but basically, yeah, but Thayla, the- Thayla, after all this complaining and being like, I can't do anything athletic is like, oh, Dara's going to really be the one dragging this team down. Girl, fuck you. I what? thought it was kind of weird. Well, number one, that they have uneven teams. But well, I, was I mean, g- yeah. I was going to say being, the- well, I was always a very athletic big person, so I wasn't really chosen last. But for some things, like, I always understood why the bigger person was chosen last. I know. Sucked. It's it's less about the bigger person being chosen last and more like the people who are making those points. Like, that's what I wrote down. You know, when I see somebody, you know, who like is in like who's a little bit more competitively driven to win, like when those people are because believe me, these were not the only people who were making comments about Dara. Everybody in a talking head had something to say. Yeah. But like a, for Thela and Shatar of all fucking people to be like, oh, yeah, Dara's like any team that has Dara is definitely going to lose. Like they aren't the two fucking problems themselves. Like, girl, fuck you. Like, you're the one. You're the problem here. Mm-hmm. So when Shatar is last, uh, she's basically the last to be picked. And like for Sergeant Jones is like, pick your pick your teammate. And. Literally, Safari is like looking around, like, is there anybody else I can pick? I they really drag this way? out. It was they really funny. do. It's very funny. Um, so then they break up to talk strategy as teams, and somebody asks Laylene what her strategy is, and she's like, "No matter what happens, I'm happy you guys are my team. I chose you because I have faith in all of you, and whatever the motivation is, whatever your motivation is, you can do it." It was so sweet. And, you know, obviously everybody's very skeptical of Laylene's leadership ability versus Safari, who's got, like, the confidence to, like, they cut to her and she's like, okay, and you're going to be doing this and you're going to be doing that. And, like, here's here's the strategy and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. She's been a good leader. Yeah. Like, everyone said, like, she's actually being useful and giving notes, like... You want to like be positive in everything, but yeah, she's I mean, obviously, believe me, I'm like not saying Laylene's strategy is the right one. I'm just saying like it's a nice if you're not going to be a Safari, at least be a Laylene. Yes, that's funny. If you're not going to be a Safari, at least be a Laylene. Yes, it's a t-shirt idea. Maybe. So. Um, they all line up and uh, he lets them know that the clock doesn't stop until every single team member is across the finish line. Um, I thought this was interesting because I'm dumb and like wasn't looking at the obstacle course and like I don't have size perception that like the way they do this is one team at a time. It's not like versus. Yes. Just c- comparing times. Yes. So the purple team, which is Laylene's team, is up first. Uh, they're all, like, lined up at the start line. And Laylene is like, I love all of you. <laughs> so sweet. So uh, they actually are off to a pretty strong start. But then by the second obstacle, like, second or third obstacle, they're like, no. And Thayla's like, oh, like, blah, blah, we're all exhausted. And, you know, like, whatever. And I'm, I'm even an athlete. So they reach this wall and ha- that they all have to get over. And 
first Sergeant Jones says this line at least twice that I heard. And I guess so I guess he's really proud of it. He's like, get over that. Like, you get over a bad boyfriend. <laughs> and it's like, you could tell that, like, he d- didn't get picked up. So they, like, they made him say it again. Or, like, he was like, not enough people reacted to it. So I'm going to say it again. Uh, Thala does hop over the fence with relative ease, uh, given all the complaining she's doing. Like, and it was pretty high, too. Like, she had to, and she had to land on her feet. Like, I don't know. What did you think of that as the athlete and resident injured person? <laughs> well, re- <laughs> the resident injured person. Oh, pardon. I'm sorry. I know I'm sniffing. Um, no, really the entire off school course, I would say it's like, it's, I guess a simplified version is definitely like, that's why he's like, uh, what do you say? Marines whimper and army men cry or whatever. And then you see it and it's like, all right, like this is I mean, like that would make me worse. cry because I'm a lazy bitch. Well, you, but well, like, you see it with them. They all get through, well, not all of them, but some of them get through like two little things at the beginning and they're all like completely out of breath and dying. And I was like, you haven't even done anything yet. <laughs> that would be me. Well, yes. Um, so, but I just think it's interesting that for all the complaining she did about, oh, my Achilles, my Achilles, yes. she can hop over well, see, a I fucking did, fence. I, I didn't want to say anything just because I know you're saying like, oh, what do you think? Like, I didn't want to say anything yet because it comes up a little bit in a few minutes where they show a slow-mo when someone was, I can't remember who it was, but someone was talking smack about her. I think it was it was either uh, Larissa yeah. or Shay. Because they were like, yo, like she looks really fine to me and they show the slow-mo of her jumping and landing. She like puts she landing like plants her fine. arm down. Not even just yeah. on her arm. Like not not a wince. No, at the nothing. end, she lands feet first on the little hay bale. stack they have. Hay bale, yeah. And keeps going like everything's fine. I'm like, yo, I'm sorry, but if, if you have jacked up your Achilles enough that you can't walk two miles, you sure as fuck can't yeah. land on it. You're gonna it be like landing, that. being oh, like no. ow, and then limping. Right, you you were wincing, taking fucking groceries out of the. Like for all we know, today. she could have torn or did something to her Achilles like two to three years ago, and then at that point maybe. That's there's an my issue. guess is like it was probably because they said she was an athlete. She looks like she's got like a track runner, like a former track runner's build, maybe volleyball. I don't know. She doesn't really look tall enough to do volleyball, so I'm gonna guess track. Mm, yeah. Um. That's what I was gonna say. Like. So she probably tore her Achilles doing track or whatever. I mean, and, you could tear it literally and, doing anything. And I mean, anything. if she's if she's probably what? Let's take a wild guess and say twenty four. That if she's twenty four, that would probably be about you know at, at the at the very least two three years ago, like you said, at the most probably like when she was in high school. So like you know six seven eight nine ten, you know. It probably would be healed enough, but in my mind and in the minds of all the people watching, like, you're complaining about walking two miles, but you fucking jump over a wall and you're not even making a face. You're just business as usual. I mean, I understand. Suspect. Adrenaline plays a very huge role. Yeah, but certainly. But that's a little, come on. I mean, like, but like I said, she didn't even make a face. She didn't yeah. even react. So. We'll see if it plays a part. Oh, no. Well, no. We do know that no it does. No spoilers. Um, so Dara gets caught up. Like, so they have one of those, like, rope things that they have to climb up. And uh, she, like, gets to the top. It's, like, one of those things you are, like, it's, like, a, it's vertical. Like, it's straight up as opposed to one of those ones you have to, like, climb at the fair. 
like you know it's one of those vertical rope things and she gets to the very top and she gets kind of stuck and literally it looks like they're gonna she's gonna fall face first to the ground at one mm. point like and i'm like genuinely concerned for it but uh we end up we see her full thong um and she basically crystal breaks her fall really what it is i gave her props yeah she definitely took one for the as team. much as she didn't use her arms or hands her back was at least there to help yeah right <laughs> it's like oh at least she's not gonna die yeah so everybody crosses the finish line hand in hand and Leilene at the end is like thanks everybody for helping uh dara throws up over to the side but she's she's good that was funny are you okay yeah i'm fine it's like, you don't want to look at a throw up. Like, that's what she says to them. Uh, I don't have a ton of notes on how the yellow team did, but just assume it was They flew through good. it. So they're off to a very fast start. Safari's so like, listen, I told them that their strategy is like, don't talk unless you need help. That's really it. You and say, I was like, yeah, I you guess. You say one word. So it was. You say one word and that was it. I don't know. Would that be a good strategy? At that point, it's like, guys, listen, if you... you pretty much stick to yourselves we help each other and if anything happens just say help so um it keeps communication simple and everyone understands because then everyone starts yelling and screaming and then when chaos happens is when you start failing yeah i would know this is not my ministry so um it's not a, it's not an especially eventful part of the challenge and not all that teamworky either um everybody's basically kind of in it for themselves which i thought was going to play a bigger part where they were going to be like the challenge is about the time but it's also about like who does the most work helping people but it doesn't pan out like that so they all cross together and the purple team obviously looks pressed so results are in the purple team finished the course in nine minutes and nine seconds whereas the yellow team finished in six minutes and 51 seconds so you know yellow team is losing their shit which is crazy to me because if it took the purple team like 10 minutes that means that like army guys aren't crying over this you know yeah like fucking relax so becky says in a talking head you know oh now i can outrun the oakland pd any day can't catch me no more no more parole violations for me it's just kind of funny like oakland pd girl bye um dara is obviously blaming herself for this and like everybody's blaming her for it you know like and i feel bad because she really was trying and she gets on the bus real sad and defeated so they're back at the house and Monique goes over the loudspeaker and tells them that it's time for their first elimination. Uh, there are uniforms for them to wear downstairs. So Monique, this is such weird logic. I mean, I get why they put them in the uniforms, but like Monique's explanation of the logic is fucking creepy. She's like, the uniforms bring out the little girl in them. It takes them back to a place of I'm in school. Please teach me and help me. And I want to learn weird so they come down the stairs this is where i wrote down now i know i said i'm not trying to objectify her but my notes are a little bit weird so she so they all come down the stairs to get their uniforms and like for those who were girls in the 2000 well actually no guys they were popular among guys and stuff too but it like it was one of those like rugby polo striped shirts but it wasn't like the full length it was just like a tank top type of thing and it's low cut. And this is where it's like Becky. I literally wrote 
Becky in this low cut rugby striped tank and holy boobs. I don't know how I didn't see it. I don't know how you missed it either because this is your <laughs> wheelhouse. So, <laughs> this is like, like your something moment. like that. I normally would not miss. It's like how um, what's his name? Like they have that. Well, not that you're. I mean, you're tall, so this doesn't really make sense. But like they people loved one of the reasons people love Josh Hutcherson is because like he was being interviewed on the red carpet by this like female uh, reporter, and her boobs are like eye level with him. And he's, but he's like looking straight up at her face because he's so short. And everybody's like, he's literally eye level with her boobs, and he's still not looking at her boobs. Like he's a gentleman, and he's trained. Good for him. Uh, he doesn't want to have an embarrassing. You moment. know, he hasn't been in a movie in a minute. How's he doing? Probably fine. Good. He's probably still sitting at home on his fucking Hunger Games money, watching YouTube replays of his hilarious SNL sketch. No, don't. <laughs> Why? All right, I won't then. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is—is is like, that? Would you say that's your favorite SNL sketch of all time? No, not all. It's one of the the, the first time I saw it, I started fucking losing it because I love that song as well. But everyone, just YouTube, uh, Josh Hutcherson, Hutcherson, Hutcherson. Sorry, uh, SNL. Uh, I believe. Well, the your song love. is "Your Love," but I'm trying to na- remember the name of the band, and I feel bad. The Outfield. The Outfield. Thank you. Jesus. Ew. Um, it's been a long day, damn it. I even <laughs> drank a Red Bull and it did nothing. If anything, it made me more tired. It didn't give me wings. It, like, absorbed wings. <laughs> reverse wings. Exactly. Yes. Ew. Reverse wings. Instead of being able to fly, I'm sinking. Um, so, anyway. Uh, Jen says the outfit is cute and Larissa goes, it ain't cute. And says in her talking head that she's not wear she's not gonna wear it, but she's wearing it in the talking head where she's saying she's not gonna wear it. So, guess you lost that battle. Mm. Crystal is like excited to flaunt her body and is truly feeling herself. She's going around the house doing different poses. At one point, she's literally up on all fours on the fucking kitchen island, like swinging her ponytail around, just sticking her butt out. Yeah. So Jen, in her talking head, again, this was toasty for those who don't remember, is like, this is charm school, honey. Put those titties away because there's no guys here. Which I was like, at first I was like, who do you think pot calling the kettle a hoe? But like, you know, but like, she's like, there are no men here. And I'm like, so you're doing like, so you can't be sexy just because you want to be sexy? Like, exactly. Let people live. Damn. She clearly has a lot of confidence. You do uh, your thing, Crystal. We appreciate it. You appreciate it. Certainly more than I do. But <laughs> um, she's like, you know, Jen's like, oh, this isn't flavor of love. You're not trying to show off your boobs. And, you know, Thela is saying to Crystal at this point, like, I was raised in the Catholic Church and, like, you do not have a rosary resting in your cleavage, which made me think back to this time with all those shirts that was like, Jesus is my homeboy. And I was not allowed to have one. You weren't allowed to I was that not allowed to have a Jesus is my homeboy shirt. Why? Because my mom thought it was sacrilegious. Oh my God. <laughs> this is when we were still going to church relatively regularly, too. Oh, uh, true. Um, yeah, I was never one of those people. Yeah, no. Uh, but uh, 
Becky says in a talking head, and this was so funny, she was like, I'm pretty sure it's every man's fantasy in the whole, like, every man's fantasy in the whole world to see the Flavor of Love girls dressed up like some little Catholic schoolgirls, and they literally playing, like, the Flavor of Love, like, 70s porn style, like, bam, chicka, bam, chicka, like, all that shit while they're, like, I don't know, getting dressed, and it's just very male gazy. So this was interesting because when Thela made that rosary comment before she was in the uniform, but then we get a clip of her. Um, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was Safari that said it. What? The Catholic school. No, girlfriend. that was definitely it Thela. Was Thela. Positive. Um, but, you know, she, at this point, Thela is not dressed. So I guess this was prior to that. So she tells us that she has to go see Monique before elimination. This was very bizarre. What happens next? So at first she's like, oh, we're talking about $50,000. We're talking about changing my life. Like, I deserve that one-on-one. So she knocks on the door and, like, you know, Monique's like, okay, like, what's going on? And she goes on this whole thing about, like, I quit my job and I pack my shit to move out here and I'm not as close with God anymore. And, like, she started smoking weed and she still smokes weed. And Monique's like okay but you're like a grown woman like you do know right from wrong so I don't know what you're talking about and Thayla's like but like Monique one thing I've learned about this house is just like this big drawn out pause and I was like drawn out pause I'm sorry what was your question I was so nervous and Monique straight up laughs in her face she did give out that loud hot like oh my god this was like very weird where I'm like are did you bring drugs with you to the house like i don't think it was that i think she's that nervous about going home and now she's in this well monique is like says in a talking head like i literally like whenever thayla speaks i literally think like girl are you high like like i don't know it's very this ain't a high it's very manic it's very like it depends what she's on it ain't a weed no thing. it is definitely not weed that's what i'm saying did you bring something with you but it was just it's very like off kilter my guess is that she probably has really bad anxiety anyway and agreed that's probably why she got so into smoking weed and then like now that she doesn't have it she's like fully anxious again and i mean again to be she didn't get enough time around she got eliminated on like the second day of her show so of like the show she was on prior so she didn't have a ton of experience in front of the camera um you know it's it's probably nerve-wracking and stressful and you got i'm certain you got a bad night's sleep at the very least while you were sleeping in the freezing cold desert you know i get why she's like not herself but this is like really weird so Thayla is like going off on this whole thing and she's like my anger got so bad I can't even see straight and Monique's just like wow and Thayla's like I kind of like and Monique's like wow (laughs) and Monique's like Thayla was out of her mind like she was off her rocker like fully whatever so Thayla keeps going on and on and on and Monique is patiently just like Hmm. Hmm. And Thayla, you know, finally is like, oh my gosh, thank you, Monique. And Monique's like, no, thank you. And she leaves. So Larissa notices that Thayla is gone or that she went, she had come out of Monique's office and basically just starts, you putting my English degree to use, Iagoing 
in people's ears, not the parrot, like from <laughs> yes, Othello. Sounds, uh, yes. From Othello, no, just yeah. basically being like, if Thela gets one-on-one time, we all deserve one-on-one time. And it's like, bitch, you're not even up for fucking elimination. Shut up. She's just a drama. So Monique calls over the loudspeaker that it is officially time for them to come downstairs. Um, we get various purple team members, you know, doing talking heads about how they're nervous and how they might be up for elimination. The ladies are all lined up and the judges are seated behind kind of like what I what looked to me like a WWE announce table. Oh, my God. <laughs> I make wrestling references too. If it was the Spanish announce table, then someone would have went through it. Exactly. I know. I was literally thinking about that when I wrote that in my notes. Uh, Monique reminds us that the challenge was about challenging themselves and Safari's team is safe from elimination since they won. So unlike, you know, getting a clock or a chain, they call three, the, the bottom three from the team down to the carpet. Okay, so the first one they call down is Laylene. Um, they call down Laylene, Dara, and Thela. So first they talk about Laylene, and Keith is like, you exhibited that you had no spine because you went against the instructions of picking a team that could win versus picking, like, for friendship. And he straight up says to her, I think you're comfortable being a loser. And that attitude in, like jeopardized your whole team which he's making it like jeopardized your whole team like they're gonna be fucking like they almost died because of a decision she made like no they might just get sent home because of a decision that she made on 50 grand right it's a lot of money yeah uh this was great becky's like like she was surprised becky says in a talking head she's surprised how mean like keith was to laylene basically apropos of nothing and she calls him a fake-ass Simon Cowell. Thank you. That was so That's good. That's what I wanted to say earlier. Oh, oh. hold off. Well. Till the end. Okay. Well, it came up at this point in the episode. My only friend, the end. You don't oh know my gosh. the doors, do you? No. Um. <laughs> then about Dara, Keith says Dara was the weakest link. And if she took out all of her anger on the course that she had going into the day, she would have been better at it. They show a clip of what is supposed to be her angry on the bus. And basically, she's just like, she's looking at the obstacle course going, oh, hell no. That's not angry. Yeah. She's like nervous. Rightfully so. You know. But it's kind of like. Because Mickey kind of brings it up. Mickey, too, like, at least tries to bring it back to something more yes. relevant and, like, not, that, and not that, coded racism. That was the real anger. Like, and then you she know, just drank so much. Yeah, Mo, uh, Mickey's like, you know, what happened to the Dara I saw yesterday that was like, you know, I'm in so much pain, but I still, you know, I still had to carry all this stuff up. And, you know, it's too cold to be cute, boo. You know, like, who, like, where is that girl? Last but not least, for the 8,000th time I'm saying it this episode, for some reason, um, Thela, they say, uh, Mickey says to her, the Thela I saw last night was wor- nursing a wound. She was sitting there in quiet isolation, almost like an observer, and that anger is really, like, present now. And Keith, in the only thing of value, he says, in this entire episode, um, goes, you know, I'm stunned because I didn't see like a weak leg in this moment 
And Thela's answer for this, brace yourselves, is it's because she prayed before they did the course and asked God to take her pain away. She says she will hurt for the rest of her life as long as she can go through this without pain. Now listen, we've established on this show before, I am not especially religious. I... And I, but I do believe in the power of, you know, prayer or whatever that means for you and, or like positive intentions and all that stuff. But like, I don't think prayer is like a direct, like helpline. Like they're not the fucking genius bar. Like God is, God is not on the main line with you like that, that you can just fucking like, he'll be like, oh word, let me like fix up your ankle real quick. Bibbity bobbity boo. And, you know, you're healed and then, you know, you're fine. Like, this isn't a Cinderella situation. And Keith goes, you should have prayed about them winning. Like, you should have prayed, too, about your team winning. It might have actually helped. I like that line. Pray to win? I thought when it was like, oh, I prayed to God for five minutes. And he just goes like, well, you should have prayed to win, pretty much. And it was like, oh, yeah, funny. I guess. So, Monique uh, thanks the judges and gives the ladies some last bits of advice. Uh, she tells Laylene, like, you got to think about you because you're the one who's trying to win. You know, you have three kids at home and the money would be like a huge change in your life. And, you know, you're not here. So Dara will like you in the end. Then for Dara, she says, when the team lost, you said, I am the weakest link and I want to go home. Like, if you really believe you're the weakest link, then guess what? You are. No, you are. I know. Then last uh, is Thela. I want to say you surprised me, but I would be lying. That one-on-one was damaging because I listened to what you said. And you said to me, like, Monique, sometimes I get a little, I get so angry that I can't see. Like, that sounds dangerous. And, like, you can't fucking control your anger. And you're in a house with a lot of other women. Like, you know, whatever. So basically that makes it clear that Thela is ultimately the one who gets expelled. Monique uh, asks for her pledge pin back and tells her that her rage and anger is dangerous. Uh, She says then in a talking head, Monique, I expelled her because I felt like she was going to become a danger to the house and herself. Her situation was more drastic than charm school could give her, which I thought was very interesting. And Monique says, and I thought this was great. Uh, she goes, you know, I, w- I wish you the best. I hope that in your praying to God, you know, that you pray for some therapy because it will make you the best person you can be. So uh, in her exit interview, Thayla is like, you know, I, I want to stay. It's not fair. I'm an amazing person. And I couldn't even say that until a week ago, which was like, it was not a week. It was like three days that you were there. Not even. Yeah, yeah, it's been like two and a half days of you being in this house. So, I mean, I guess she's like, I'm strong and I'm independent and I'm beautiful and I'm wonderful and I'm a good friend and I'm a good confidant and a pal and a confidant and a good leader. If I leave and be Oprah, I may be an inspirational speaker that saves lives i'm also delirious too um basically i'm just reading what she said you know like i can leave here and maybe i'll be oprah maybe i'll be an inspirational speaker um and this basically this whole exit interview in a way that i haven't really felt to date with any of the shows is this feels like a monologue 
like you could bring this to an audition and hopefully get whatever part you're auditioning for. So Monique reminds the ladies that this is a competition and when you're out there competing, you better compete to make your life better. Laylene says in a talking head, I know this is a competition after what Monique said, which is like, did you not know this was a competition prior? Um, Just coming to have fun, hang out. And uh, it's just, at what price do you want to win? And actually, as much as I'm like, girl, you're corny as fuck. She actually makes it, she closes it out with a very good point. Uh, She says, I know what my, I know my kids need the money, but at the same time, I want my children to know that I'm a better role model. Which is nice. Like, at the very least, like, you know, especially at that age, like, kids would kids would love to have more stuff. But it's like, you know, you're showing them that you are a person of integrity. So props to Laylene for that. Yes. We do get a bonus scene at the end. Uh, Basically, it's just Courtney and Safari trying to warm up their hands by playing, like, patty cake. And well, they do like it special, sounds like, like a, a euphemism, but it's it. not like yeah. it's just, you know, they're genuinely like the back you know, and forth was a lot of fun. They're it was joking, cute. And then they finally did it at the end. Yeah, it was. A, it was a nice exchange between the two of them. That would have been a fun show. Just the two of them doing basically anything. And that was the pilot episode of I guess I don't know if you would call it a pilot. If it's not a scripted show, episode. the premiere episode of Charm School. Yes. Oh gosh! So I guess we can ask each other. No like, nicknames. Did we? Sailor should have gone home. Nobody else deserved to go home. Honestly, I was kind of waiting for them to not send anybody home today, like in this episode, no, because it was the to. first two days. Well, the thing is, like, well, I guess they have to get rid of a lot she of people. She needs the help, which is why it's surprising. But she needs more, just kind of like therapy, as opposed to something like this. And what's funny is I remember who wins but i'm not gonna say it i remember yes, who wins but i'm not sure who is in the top anything like top five gotcha. top three i don't remember top two i don't remember any of that Good. i just know who wins it keeps it exciting yeah certainly um certainly so yeah so you think that thala should have gone home too yes but I mean, because the whole time she was just bitching and complaining and then making it. Well, I don't know if it's a fake injury, but saying I'm sure it's a real injury, injury, but like it clearly does not affect her the way she wants to say that it did. So it's like in the end, she had to go home. Yeah, she's too unstable. She needs help. She definitely needs therapy for sure. She's a mix of like Tango and Pootie, like Tango shoulder injury, which is stupid. And then Pootie's like mental stability. Mm. It's a good point. Oh gosh, so we did it. Um please keep listening for the rest of the season. I'm really looking forward to getting through this. Uh It's going to be fun. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Tell people where they could find you, I guess. Well, no, I'm the, why am I fucking saying it like that? Yeah. You could find the show on Facebook at Rewind the Love Podcast. You could find us on Instagram and Twitter at Rewind Love Pod. Well, I am fi- at well, yeah, I am first. at Sonia Marie says on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Feeney five one nine. Anyway, it's um, been a, I'm, yeah, it's been a long ass day for me. People, we're just fully b- melting. Yeah, on I went to work at ten p.m. I didn't we, get we home told till twelve thirty something. I did mention around a fourteen hour day. <laughs> you did. Nap you said all of this. Half. 
My freaking arm and Everybody's shoulder already are still turned the episode up, off. So it's like numb. My nerve is destroyed. I drank a Red Bull, which did nothing. You mentioned that a time or two. I know. All right, so let's There's stop talking and let's get off air. As well. I'm trying to figure out what that song Don't is. Don't you want to get off air? Why are you still talking? All right, bye. Wait. What? Thank you, everyone, for joining us Oh, my God, sorry. Wow. Wait. We we appreciate all of you listening. Uh, Just please remember to rate five stars, review, subscribe. and uh, Tell friends who don't suck. Yes. We'll catch you here next time on Rewind the Love. Wait, you don't have a little fun catchphrase for this one? No, because we need a guest to say it. Well, we can wish the audience whatever you were going to say. All right, audience. Here's all your pledge pins. Don't make us take them away. No, you all get pledge pins from us. You know that. We love you. All right. Bye. Bye.